0: Welcome everybody to the Trek Time uh, Star Trek show. Not as advertised, the star- timelines talk Star Trek show. No, we have rebranded, and here's Shy. He has appeared from nowhere, and as always, joined by stars and gardeners, gentlemen. How are you this fine week of February? The first of February, we are we have escaped the cold winterness of January into the dawn of February, where we only talk about exciting things here. How are you, gentlemen? Still freaking cold, man. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a little bit warmer. I've seen more sun than I've seen in two months. Just a little bit more. At four mm. o'clock. It wasn't desolately dark, and I wanted to just cry.
1: Uh, I had to you tell say this a little, but all the special effects on the uh, motion picture those are not the sun.
0: What? What? Sorry, I'm
1: sorry. I I really We have will to tell be you. talking
0: about the motion pictures. So we do have, we do have a fully packed lineup. Show. We're going to be talking about uh, a lot of the news, a lot of things that are coming up. Um a lot of uh, unfortunate news, which we'll talk about just a minute. And then we're going to have a little discussion as we continued um, from Star Trek Generations. For some reason, we started with Star Trek Generations First Contact Insurrection Nemesis. We're now going to loop it all the way back around and we're going to talk about the motion picture, which I imagine we'll be getting onto at some point on our Star Trek Trek. Look, trek. it's
1: all a long form plan to make sure that we
0: avoid talking about Into Darkness for as long as possible. <laughs> yeah, that's that is, a, that is a, that's like a two hour long dissertation. Because I
1: don't want to watch it. I don't want to have to re-watch it if I'm going to have to for this. So... <laughs>
0: We will get there eventually. But gentlemen, how are you? How has your week been? Good. I'm good. Yeah, it's good. It's good.
2: Uh, just I'm going to speak Red, alarm. Same Red, alarm. Pace. Red alarm. I'm
0: Yeah,
2: I'm gonna speak at the same pace that this movie shows spaceships. <laughs> Oh, come on, no, I'm, need a bit more I'm
0: Like, yeah, you should say, safety. "Okay, yeah, if you I need... oh, I'm sorry. I, I should have been. I should have been slowly.
2: you to be slowly panning it. across the screen as I say that. <laughs> hey, everyone, my week is going. Uh, yeah, you <laughs> know. Do you guys have Groundhog Day? Do you have Groundhog um, Day over there? Has that infiltrated over there? Because it's tomorrow, and it will tell us whether or not. we're Oh, is that tomorrow? Six is that? Oh, okay.
0: sure no, a lot, a few yeah. things have infiltrated our culture. We, I, I've known people to start doing gender reveal parties, which I'm just like, please don't. Just oh, why? Sorry, that's, sorry yeah, no, it's no. okay. It's not your fault. Um, it's a boy, A nuclear bomb like full of like <laughs> pink confetti goes off. One could only hope. Are we doing Trek news? Because this was a good week. Yes, for uh, this was quite Trek a good news. Week news. Yeah. yeah. Have you got something? What have you got? Have you got something exclusive? Have you got some hot scoops? No, I don't have it. I mean, just just the. <laughs> This was- I see. This is why, <laughs> this why I should look at the show. The, is this is why really I should look at the cares. show notes. But well, I know
2: the the Picard, the new Picard trailer drops. But I don't know where
0: you. Yeah, let's start there. Let's show. start there because we're on we're on a hype. Uh, we're on a hype mood. Yes, Picard season three. The big trailer has dropped. The one that shows everyone in their various aspects and adds a lot of tension to uh, a lot of tension to the the story. I'd like to sort of gauge your opinions, guys. Because stars, I know you've not watched season two yet, but you've heard enough about it to gauge your own opinions. Shah, you've you've watched it all. Coming off of Seasons 1 and 2, which everyone is kind of a bit down on with a few sort of like, you know, either met or down, you know, there's no one just going, oh, that was excellent. I absolutely adored it. How, how, because I'm, I'm very tempering my expectations going into Season 3, just going it's like, yeah, I know this looks awesome, but I, I have, I've been hurt before. Fool me once. You know, you know the phrase.
1: <laughs> Let's be real here. Star Trek has a... Not even, it's it's almost like it's built into the formula at some point. You kind of almost have to have a rough start. Like, if I judged Enterprise based purely on the first two seasons, I'd fucking hate it. Right? Like, if I judged TNG based on just the first season, I'd fucking hate it. Mm. Um, if I judged the entire film franchise based on the motion picture, I'd be like... But, you know, um, I'm willing to give Star Trek a chance every time. Like, guess what? I'll, I'll always tune in all. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, Picard has been more misses than hits, but when it hits, it hits right. Okay, you know, it's like, and so long as there is something in there that makes me think, makes me feel, I'm like, you know what, fine, I'll, I will happily waste my time watching, you know, like a load of like 70 year olds you know, parading around in you know, Starfleet pajamas for another a season because, like, you know, I ain't got nothing going on. Like, I, I like Star Trek. I'll give it a shot. Um, and it's... I don't know. I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I don't think everyone's on the hype train that they were when, you mm-hmm. know, Patrick Stewart announced his return. But, you know, it's, guess what? I'm just happy to see them on screen. They're all good actors. It's nice to see them back on, you know, going again. But give it a shot. But what's what's the worst that could happen? It's not <laughs> like he's going to reach through the TV screen and kill me
0: well it's a new frontier for well, television that we know uh that, we that's know. a what? different franchise yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes the star trek the that's, a, that's wow, a different yeah. horror yeah. franchise uh, you know it's
2: interesting because you you're like picard's not it's not it's not a I, i'm sorry words are hard today <laughs> it's <laughs> I, not, I, unanimously I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not unanimously that everyone's not unanimously that everyone's out on picard i was just looking at some posts the other day. Um, some people love Picard season two. Like, wow. it really speaks to them. You know, there's going to there be people out there like who liked. really love the outliers. Like, today we're going to be talking about a movie that generally most people think is a bad movie. But someone mysteriously in this group of three loves that movie. So, you know, there are people that love The Rise of Skywalker. There's people that love you know, Star Trek really? Five. There are people. Those Arthur. people exist, I'm wow. telling you.
1: Final Good Frontier, one. I don't um, understand. Rise of the guy
2: um, mm. <laughs> No, 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 I don't understand Final Frontier either. But uh, I do. there's room in the franchise for everyone. Fine, right? fine. Yeah, there's sure. room in the
0: franchise. Absolutely. A uh, question from Walt in chat. Uh, Does stars need to watch season two in a rush so we can get to watching Worf straight away? Are you, you going to actually what? watch
1: season two? Um, guess what? I will watch season 1 and season 2 over again but guess what I don't need to have because it's, it's not as if the events of season 1 and season 2 have any fucking bearing on season 3 given that the effects of season 1 also had no bearing on season 2 no this like, is probably true in terms of cohesion and like one season flowing naturally into the next this might be the least cohesive Star Trek series ever made <laughs> everyone is just having a it's a violent tug of war about what the series is actually about. Hmm. Is it about synthetic rights and um, you know, like making peace with data's ghost? No, it's actually about time travel and the evil confederation. Or is it actually just a Wrath of Khan style? We need to get to the thing before the bad guy style thing. Like, no one has had. No one sits down and has a discussion about what's the thesis statement of Picard as a show? It's like, nah, it's whatever we feel like doing this season, I guess. Mm.
0: Hey, Sir Patrick, what do you feel like doing? I don't know. I feel like doing this. Cool, let's do that. Yeah, it was interesting because they announced it from the drop of the season one saying, this is going to be three seasons. Like, this wasn't a surprise. Like, this is going to mm. be the final season. But it, that made everyone think that oh, there's a plan. There's a cohesive plan. We'll get, th- you know, three <laughs> years out of Patrick Stewart before we can, yep. you know, obviously age is a factor here with all the best respect in the world. Um, but yeah, this, this, it's a very disjointed series. That being said, I think of the hype for... There, there was a hype for season two, which kind of, you know, when we saw... The, the first trailer was looking at the new Stargazer, you know, the new Stargazer ship and Captain Rios and seeing Seven in action again. It was all like, ooh, this could be fun. And there was, you know, the Borg element. up As soon as, and we'll talk about her soon, Annie Wershwin was announced as the Borg Queen. It was like, okay, where are they going with this? Um, season three is kind of trying to... I, I the, the one thing I think it's familiar to is Avengers series or specifically Avengers Endgame where it's been like look at all these things we're bringing back together for this epic finale like, okay obviously the all the TNG cast but you've also got Moriarty's coming back okay oh, spoilers for the trailer if you haven't realized we're not spoiling the series but Moriarty's coming back uh Lore is coming back we've got, there are rumours of um, Denise Crosby, well, she pretty much almost all but confirmed Denise Crosby coming back in some capacity. It does seem to be like a bit of an all-star cast. You know, Seven's going to be there, and imagine there, I have a theory that there may be a Janeway appearance at some point. So, uh, you know, this does feel like the whole coming together, and if they can pull it off the same way that Marvel did Endgame, and from what Terry Matalas and some other reviewers are saying, from people that got early screeners to saying like this is a brilliant love note a final final ep- you know epic adventure for the TNG cast that pays off that gets me hyped but I know what season it is and it's the pre kind of um hype season where everyone's gonna say all the good stuff to get you to watch it so I'm kind of battling against those two forces yeah. at the moment
1: the problem is, is, if you took Picard Season 1 just by its first two episodes, or Picard Season 2 by yeah. its first two episodes, they are not representative of those series as a whole. They are very unrepresentative, no. I would say, in terms of, like... Picard Season 1, I suppose, is a bit more, because you actually get an actual kind of mission statement, but Season 2 especially, just like, no, that does have that's does nothing to do replace. with anything, really. Mm-hmm. Right. Um,
2: yeah, the first two seasons of Season 2 of Picard are really exciting. Like People were like, mm-hmm. great, they, they're back on track, and then
0: back in time yeah. it's 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 the uh, sonic the hedgehog meme isn't it you get the, the sonic cycle like for anyone that isn't aware go, oh, yeah. go look it up and, like you start off like going, <laughs> this game was terrible and then you go around and go i'm not buying another one and then it goes around and go oh then there's a new trailer let's get hyped and then next one i'm pre-ordering it let's get involved You know, it's the cycle a continual <laughs> entertainment cycle where you're burned by the last one but they present the new one so excitedly that you're, you're kind of hyped but you know that being said i i there is some, there is some internal hype for us people that watch TNG when it came out, and looking and saying, like, "Look, it's Moriarty, and he still looks good." And oh, how are they going to bring in lore? And there's just, mm. are we going to see the Enterprise yeah, again? <laughs> you
2: know? Yeah, I've never seen critics sort of so uh, eager to applaud the, like a new season mm. ahead of time. Like all yeah. the Trek critics are that have gotten early copies of, of the season are 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 thrilled with it but i'm also remembering if i can jump franchises again please way back in the 90s 2000s when when uh after fandom menace disappointed everyone and the trailers Mm -hmm. for attack of the clones came out i know millennials you you love you love the prequels but at the time we we hated them and then the trailers for attack of the clones came out and we're like oh this looks good like they're gonna Mm -hmm. they're gonna fix it like they fixed everything in, in Phantom Mesh and then my favourite uh, of course movie going experience was sitting in the Ziegfeld Theatre in New York with a crowd of New Yorkers laughing hysterically at Attack of the Clones because it was so bad it was pretty dark um, so would I, you say
1: that your viewing experience was rough and coarse
0: and it went in everywhere <laughs> oh. yeah yeah yeah
2: sand
1: I, I, I hate
0: sand Listen, yeah. we will have a, a Star Trek not Trek on the Star Wars stuff mm. at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. But no. Okay, you know me. what? I do actually have to bring something up, though. So in regards to that Sonic cycle, that's a pretty,
1: it's a pretty like uniform media cycle of you yeah. know, hype, disappointment, hype, release, whatever. Um, I think that, especially when it comes to Star Trek, you need to confront and make peace with the fact there is nowhere but up for this series to go. There is never going to be anything as bad as Code of Honor. There is never <laughs> going to be anything as bad as um Freaking Threshold. Like, we have already plateaued. Hmm. Threshold's fine, actually, but it is ridiculously stupid. Um, that, yeah. Like, I, I, I honestly dare someone to look me in the face and say that there is actually any one individual scene or episode of Picard or Discovery or any of these new ones, there's actually worse than Code of Honor. It's already been done. No, yeah, it's you're It's been right. done. Yeah. We've plateaued. We can't get any worse. So it's like... That kinda helps temper my hype and also tempers my disappointment. It's like, how does this relative to the rest of the franchise? It's like, well, does it disappoint me as much as Nemesis? I don't know. Can anything disappoint me as much as Nemesis? I feel like Nemesis already stole a bit of innocence away from me. That so means <laughs> I can't be disappointed like that away again. So like, fuck it, bring it on. Guess what? I get to see Wolf again. Even if he dies, yeah. guess what? At least Oof. I got a few more a few more hours I didn't think I'd get with him. Man. But how excited would you be?
2: If admiral janeway is out in the new voyager the new voyager what? sea or whatever it is mm. and she she comes across this hulking alien ship and out of the shadows this this shadowy figure comes and it's this catfish alien that says hello mother <laughs> <laughs> well this is
1: this
0: you know what i right you yes. did it in prodigy <laughs> Do it in Prodigy and you get a pass. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
1: love it.
0: Prodigy or Lower Decks, you can get an automatic pass. Like, oh yeah, this is one of my 300 sons that I had with Tom Paris. Mm. Um, but um, speaking of uh, children, um, there is... I'm just kind to quickly Google the cast member here because they're a new, uh, re- revealed in the new trailer. Let me just uh, mm. very quickly IMDB something because I need to know his name because there's a new person. I haven't memorised anything yet. Uh, it is... Da-da-da. No, it's not letting me find it. Anyway, there is a new actor uh, starting in, in Picard Season 3 that was featured prominently in the trailers um, that is actually on the main poster alongside the veteran TNG and Raffi and uh, Seven, uh, some of the other main cast. And a lot of people are saying, is this Picard and Beverly's son? And there's a lot of theory crafting going out there, which, you know, as the what, you mean Wesley? <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, this is Wesley's job. No, we've already... Well, yeah. Um, but, um... Yeah, and I wonder what you guys thought on this new character who's seen, uh, the, the theory is, that it, well, the, the the established running is he's on Beverly's ship at the start of season three and he was going, but we've seen him with a phaser to, to Picard's head and things like that. He looks almost antagonistic. So uh, just theories, do you, do you believe in the theory that Picard and Beverly had a child between uh, Nemesis and Picard that just failed to mention it in a Burnham kind of way? Or oh, it just think?
1: never came up um i don't know man like star trek is one of those series where like so there are such radical character shifts in between appearances that you could tell me anything and i'd be like yeah sure whatever like you remember in um season seven of, of uh tng Ed, Ed when they're Ed like, oh yeah
0: it's okay. the new uh, guy
1: when uh, they were like, yeah, Picard, you totally have a son that you don't remember having, and it was, like, Jason Vigo whatever his fucking name was, remember? Oh, yeah, We've yeah. We've already yeah. done this plot, yeah, the done this plot and it was a there. fucking load of garbage as well, like... <laughs> yeah, this know,
2: actor like... looks... Yeah, this actor looks the way Tom Hardy's old picture in Nemesis should have looked. Yes. Where, like, yeah. he picked up the... Right, with, with hair. He kind of looks like young Picard, so I can understand why that. that's why uh, the fan theories are... So, really.
0: Fun fact, he was actually in, uh he was the title role in Aragon, the film that butchered the books. He was the the lead kid in that, so. What a stunning, what a stunning <laughs> resume. Yeah, he was Aragon and a few other things. But yeah, this is, yeah, the, there's a lot of theories kind of go every time Red there's alarm. a new character coming. Oh, Red
2: Alarm! Thank you, Kivro! Red Alarm!
0: Uh, oh, no, it's a bot. Someone banned that. <laughs> God damn it. How do I. Unless, anyway, guys, you carry on and talk about this unknown character. <laughs> we'll talk about season three yeah. please, while I try and work out how I ban people. It's.
1: I also have this thing of, like, as I've gotten older and I've watched more and more media, the less I kind of care about established characters having, like, children or, like, you know, Make whatever. You it's like, is, is the character interesting? Like, is the actual character that you are positing as this um, character's son or daughter? Are they interesting? Mm. Because I can think of at least two video games that have come out in the last like you know, six months or so that have both tackled the let's have a successor character who is in some way related to you know the main character of the previous games and we're going to do a handing off um, sort of like thing. And one of them handle it extremely well, one of them handle it extremely badly, and it all comes down to whether or not the character is interesting. Now, if this character is related to like Beverly and Picard, cool, fine, whatever. We'll see... You know, I just want to know if he's an interesting character because hmm. like, and, and there's also can I please get an assurance that he's not just going to die at the end of the season like every other new character they've introduced in, in Picard like, with the exception well, of Raffi it's a 100% mortality rate so like, I
0: mean, Gerati didn't <laughs> die she just went to a better yeah, place <laughs> yeah, no reason she reason died on the way die. back to her home
1: planet yeah, they went, I uh, he died, he died, he's dead. Nare- no, dead. he guess what?
2: Real stayed in the past, and then, then proceeded to time hop having adventures like Chris Evans in Captain America, and then he goes back and dies with his love,
1: Saul Rodriguez, as we all should. So He'll he, die he dies. Yeah. With Saul <laughs> so he's <laughs> dead. Like, guess what, I don't even necessarily mean like, oh, they died violently like uh, certain other characters I shall not name, because if you're like me and I am actually, but I know who dies anyway. Um... It's like, guess what? If like, are they going to be showing up again? Should I be invested? Am I going to have wow. like a satisfying payoff to their story? Picard's not got a great uh, track record on that. I, so I believe
0: far. the rumblings in the uh, the rumor news is that if Picard season three does particularly well, there may be some more mm. more action from established Picard cast, maybe not Picard or some of the T engine crew themselves. But I, I bet you that there's an interest in a 7 series. Well, we said that about Rios, and then look what happened. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, is, yeah. I, and maybe these characters might get some more you know, use in the future. But again, like you say, stars, if they don't end up surviving the end of this season, and it's the final season, I actually don't mind because I don't, we're not going to see them anyway. So not bothered.
1: Yeah. Um, what
0: do you I reckon? Guess. I, you guys,
2: go on. You guys are going to be eating so much crow when Rios comes back in the <laughs> Time Agent Gary oh, Seven
1: yeah. time-traveling oh, series. You're gonna
2: feel so stupid. Look, Guess what? Any- I would be happy because <laughs> I yeah. like
1: Rios a lot. Guess I'll what? On. I'll happily eat that crew because that means he'll be back. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling
2: you. I'm tell- Look, any, any concept, <laughs> no matter how bad, can be done well yeah. if it's executed well. Yeah, right? Yeah. I always go back to the, to the Doogie Howser MD concept. Thirteen-year-old medical doctor is a stupid idea, but you can
1: do any
0: show well, right? Um, no, so it's all about the execution. And hopefully yeah. the execution Do you think well? House MD is just Doogie Howser grown up? No, I
1: think it's Sherlock done in oh, an American okay. uh, medical procedural setting. No, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nothing original under the sun, Idol. You know that. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. Um, but yeah, so season three is starting soon. I think it's like in a couple of weeks. I believe it's on the 17th, I think. Guess what? Put on your best flock smiles. Optimism, Captain. Optimism. Optimism. Captain. Yeah. Just- I yeah i mean I'll I'm, the you know it's the whole tng cast together this is a this is the crew i, I got me into star trek sitting there like when yeah. i was about six years old watching them with my dad or as he got videotapes from his friends in america putting them on and trying to get an imported Betamax player just so we could watch them before the rest of the filthy brits um <laughs> and uh and they yeah. should give
2: us three seasons of this crew right this yeah. is
0: kind of what
2: people wanted from picard in the, in the first place like as soon as you saw the Penthe, it was just, you just cameos want,
0: yeah that's what we want yeah, the
2: Penthe is the best episode of the entire series so far and like
0: we i rack um, on our season two i think like it's not bad like in the way like you say in the way code of honor is like it's not it's just no. it feels under executed there are some great threads in it like i resonate mm. with the picard mother storyline um i have you know resonate with that i think um the whole confederate thing is great i wish they paid off on them i love the ball queen Girati interactions i think they're absolutely fantastic i don't like the the adam soon and corey stuff i think that's just a point bit like well we have these actors let's just use them and the whole um talon laris weird like connection There, there are things that just weren't thought about or just kind of not executed Or just shouldn't have been done in the first place. Should have focused more on certain parts the others. This
1: is a problem that's going to pop up in um, in our discussion about the motion picture. But you can really tell... You can really tell... When a project has had an editor go through and actually been like... You don't need that. You don't need that. This serves no purpose. That character's entire narrative arc has been uh, aborted and given to another character trim the fat like Hmm. this is um, something that's like important for um, uh, so obviously The Last of Us has come out and it's uh, I've only seen the first episode I know um, yeah but here's the thing right in in terms of the comparison with the game (laughs) in terms of a comparison with the game what I appreciate about the game story is that um, it is lean it is focused on telling it's on focus on one story. It's not about the infection. It's not about you know the state of society. These are all backdrop. The actual emotional thread of The Last of Us is one relationship and how it changes and how it doesn't change. Um and that was my initial problem with like the, the TV show is that like all the stuff that they have added felt like fat that could have been trimmed and that was trimmed from the game, where it's like, yeah, you could have had that background in the game. it wasn't required because it did not serve the story now that being said i've been told that the show diverges (laughs) more and just does more to justify its existence i will be watching those episodes probably tomorrow because i actually have a free day off but it's that's what i need from my my as i've kind of gotten older from my games and my movies and my tv shows i appreciate leanness and focus because if you have a billion well, it's just a case of like if you're not going to pay off on it in a satisfying emotionally resonant way, why am I watching but it? But what if I told you I you don't could just watch this sit for the What, what I love take is it
0: in the ambiance. Just just soak it in. Anyway, sorry. We'll get. on <laughs> <ambience. laughs> What I
2: love is how badly that take is going to age just in 24 hours after you see the second and third episodes
1: of the last of us. Oh, sure... actually <laughs> well, no, I said I appreciate <laughs> leanness and character focus. That's what I appreciate and from what I understand Last of Us the show does that really well. So... Mm. Which Star Trek
2: But you want us to be able <laughs> you want us to prep prep for uh just taking in the ambiance because mm-hmm. we're about to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Just 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 a so movie that is in. all ambiance. Just,
0: just, just like a leaf in the yeah. sun. Just take it all. Anyway. Um sadly, so, just to bring it down on a bit of a bummer, but the only bummer this week, very sadly, since we were mm. talking about Picard Season Two, we have to report on the tragic passing of Annie Wershing who died of cancer at age 45, for those that didn't know, she played uh, the Borg Queen in season 2 and got her very first acting break on Star Trek Enterprise as um, Liana um, Liana, yeah. I forget which episode was Was it was it Catwalk, was it? It was, it was season 2 It was wasn't Oasis, it? wasn't it? Oh, Oasis, that's right, yes um, yeah. So yeah, very sad, very tragic She was, sad, well, was tragic. with um, Renée Aubergenois, right? Correct, yes Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, that, 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 was, was, episode, that was a good episode actually, actually yeah Um, But no, very sad to hear about her passing. Very sudden as well. I don't think I knew about her. Well, I don't think anyone knew about her cancer diagnosis and very sadly leaving behind a husband and three children. So there is a GoFundMe out there, which you can find on, on various links. I'll find it in a minute. I'll post it in chat um yeah. donate to help you know um actors aren't as rich and as crazy as, as you might think um yeah they little every little but they're no, very sad i've I, you know i followed annie working for, for a while she was on 24 when i used to watch that she started season seven and eight played a very good character on that renee renee walker um she also mm. went on to do the runaways uh played sort of like almost like an and was almost a villain and one of the parents in the runaways very good on that um, and she was also in something else fairly recently as well. but played the ball. so she's,
2: she's in an American series called The Rookie, which is a oh the as, as well, yeah, that's it yeah. as, as a like an older rookie cop, and she plays a serial killer. Mm. And um, it's actually, you know, they, everyone's been famously saying that her first and her last roles were mm. Star Trek. Magnificent, but, isn't she? Yeah, she? She was, is, she is, yeah, like, she was really yeah. good. But they actually wrote a storyline where she. Um, you know, spoilers for anyone who hasn't watched The Rookie, but this series, she plays a serial killer and she orchestrates her own death on the show. Oh, wow. So I'm wondering if, like, the showrunners of that show actually knew.
0: Well, possibly, what was yeah. yeah. I wouldn't
1: be surprised, yeah. Um. So actually, my biggest exposure, obviously, apart from the Enterprise episode, is, funnily enough, she did the motion capture and acting for the original version of Tess from the Last of Us game. Oh games. yes, she was. Yeah. yeah um, Remember a lot of people saying when well, the production came up saying,
0: "Why isn't she on the TV show?" Well, now we know.
1: Probably why. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she did a great job. Like Tess in the original game is a great character, um, and there's a moment. Um, it's, uh, spoilers for the adaptation of a ten-year-old game. um Right before she's about to, like, uh, confront her death in the game, anyway. I don't know how it plays out on the show yet. Um, there's this moment where she just takes this, like, deep breath, and she sets her jaw, and, like, it's a testament to how good the motion capture is, it was able to capture, like, the, the little finest of things, but you can literally see her jaw and her lips go, like, the little wobble of emotion. Mm. And it's just, like, if you want to see just how much, how far motion capture has come, she just absolutely kills that moment and i'm really glad that the technology Mm. was there that you just get to see her shine she's just so good in that scene
0: um uh, tess is actually played in the show by anna torv if you don't know who anna torv was she was um um, the lead from fringe which was a great science fiction show so yeah if you Mm. if you're an x-files fan go watch uh go watch fringe it's really good but anyway sorry Yeah. yeah she's excellent
1: yeah yeah, like even if you didn't realise that she was there,
0: she was an absolute cat, and she will be absolutely missed. Very much so. Uh, I I think her ball queen was excellent. Uh you know, it's hard to follow on the on the likes of you know the genre defining uh, portrayal as Alice Creese and to to a lesser extent Susanna Thompson but I think she Alice She did a really good job. She did really yeah, good yeah. job, but I think, you know, everyone knows the Borg Queen as, as Alice, um, Alice Crege and I think Threat Picard, yeah. as I said before, Borg Queen and Jurati scenes were really good. She was very men... She was vulnerable at the... You know, equally vulnerable at the start, and then menacing, like, the scene where she raises herself up on the back of the La Serena to the classic first contact Borg, theme. that, you know, duh, duh, like, chills down my spine, like, really good, mm. and she played that equally yeah. powerful and menacing sort of playfulness... Of the ball queen when she was dealing, you know, when she was in Gerati's head, uh, really mm. well. So you know, it is... Uh, yeah, very- she, uh,
2: yeah, she won me over. I, I, I was very much like, why isn't Alice Krieg back for this role? You're bringing everyone <laughs> yeah. else back for this series because why she's isn't Alice too here?
1: busy being in lower decks. That's why. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's right. But <laughs> did, uh, she, yes.
2: yeah, Warshing oh.
1: completely won me over during Picard season two. Mm. You know, it it does actually give me, um, it, it makes me happy that. Uh, a lot of these actors get to touch Star Trek because, like, as uh, maybe like self sort of like aggrandizing as it is, there is something about Star Trek that is relatively eternal. Hmm. Um, like, this is a series that has endured for 60, 60 years, probably will for another sixty. And if you get to be a part of that franchise, you are pretty much guaranteeing that someone will remember you and see you and appreciate your performance for long after you've passed, even if like other smaller. Is that what you're probably just as good in, like the rookie, may fall by the wayside and become harder to see? Or something I appreciate that you know, get, get... that's kind of one of the, the nice things about being part of a big cultural touchstone like Star Trek is that you will be remembered for just how good you were, even if it wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily your best work or if it was just a case of you know you were a small part of an otherwise big series. But guess what? She'll be appreciated for the rest of the time for that, and I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, R.I.P. Andy Worshing, you will be eternally missed forever. Uh, onto more, uh, onto more positive news, guys. There was an interview done recently with uh, a one Nicholas Cage when he when he was asked, yeah. "What character would you like to be in the Star Wars universe?" and he just looked and he, just, he scoffed and went, "I'm not going to be in Star Wars. I'm a Trekkie. I would rather be in Star Trek." So my and this is just like this, like the whole Star Trek like Twitterverse and every all the news sites just exploded. Went Nicholas Cage wants to be on Star Trek. And like my question to you guys is like, who would you want Nicholas Cage to be? Like, would you want him to be, like, a big well, bad alien, an admiral? Would you want him to be some sort of, like, shifty trader? Would you want him to be someone that swaps faces with, like, Paul Stamets and then they have a shoot-off with loads of doves everywhere? I don't know, sorry. Kirby <laughs> got <on> face-off there. <laughs> um, my answer, I want
1: him to be the 32nd century Klingon Chancellor.
0: Ooh! Actually, speaking of, have you seen the trailer for Renfield where he's playing Dracula? I have seen that. Kind of gives me that vibe.
1: Looks like a fucking hoot. Um, That's great. Nick Cage is hilarious. He's so much fun, and he is a really good, talented actor, despite what people will tell you about like some of the goofier roles. Guess what? He just throws himself in and has
0: fun. Like that's why I feel like all actors should allow themselves to. He's kind of not done the Bruce roles, Willis thing, where Bruce Willis is now just acting for just a bit of cash and just it will do anything. I, I well, no, know. hold
2: on. <laughs> Nick Cage was doing the Bruce Willis thing for, for many, pit. many years. Yeah, because um, he had some, and I'm you know I'm glad to see that Nick Cage's tax problems are over because he's just dismissing <laughs> an entire Star Wars <laughs> franchise. Mm, but you yeah. know, this guy, I saw a movie on Netflix called Jiu-Jitsu, which is just this terrible sci-fi martial arts movie that Nick Cage is in. He's oh, wow. done many paycheck. Movies. Okay. But like Star Wars, stars was saying, Nick Cage is also super talented. He's like yeah. this brilliantly off kilter
1: and hilarious. Oh, actor. I'm trying to think of there was a I would really this... excellent film. He was in. Uh, was it Pig? I think it was.
0: Yeah. Was that really? Was, re- yeah. was Fucking like, if anyone ever doubts, like his acting, ability, go watch him in Pig. He's fucking. Crazy. I love two two of my favorite Nick Cage films. Just to derail us slightly from Star Trek, but two two of my favorite Nick Cage films are Lord of War. Lord of War is excellent, mm. and That's Eight good. Millimeter. <laughs> the one where he's, you know, viewing all the... And, oh no, is he in Snake Eyes? Yeah, Snake Eyes as well. Snake Eyes is great. Uh, the original mm-hmm. 98- 1998 Snake Eyes. That's really good. I love those ones. Like, these... Yeah, kind of a lot of people think, a- like, um, face-off and, like, his action mirror phase, but he's had quite a lot of, sort of, good dramatic roles as well. Yeah, absolutely. But, um... um I mean, look, the guy's the guy, won, a-
2: won an Oscar. Did he win a score a- it was.
1: Yeah, for... for-
2: I think we're leaving Las Vegas, right? But well deserved. But. Um, I you, would Shaya? love to see what, Cage. What, what, no, what was the one on the film? Do an, an homage.
0: Oh, we've lost just. Your... Is no, it If lost... oh. I lost you guys, you lost me. video. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think you've turned your viewer oh, on, Sky. Yeah. <laughs> Connor, <laughs> that's the one. Yeah, that's a uh, put the Barney in the basket now. <laughs> <laughs> um but would yes you, no could, could I, I i kind of would like to see him as a recurring admiral i don't know why you kind of just get that vibe like just to, <laughs> but like the off-kilter admiral that none of the other admirals want to associate with he's just the one on the sidelines that gets all the sort of like un you know the the less than spectacular projects but he always they always seem to work and he has a sort of very off-kilter method of doing them i think that would oh be... so you
1: want them to be kovic's buddy yeah
0: kind of yeah that'd be awesome
1: they have they've kind of a similar energy guess. Yeah, yeah you're back yeah hey, you're there. back now yeah
2: you can you can hear me again? Yeah. I was gonna yes. say I would like to see him do a, a face off homage and play like his his prime universe and his mirror universe selves oh. <laughs> of themselves side by side by side. And like they actually it's the one instance where like the prime and the mirror versions actually get along and they they actually
0: team up for something. Wow. I like that. um, cool. I think if you're gonna get Nick but, Cage's Star Trek, yeah, yeah. And you devote an entire episode to him. Like this is just, just oh, yeah. different yeah, don't yeah, Just Have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The Orville can get like. The Rock is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, The Rock is really good actually. God in sixty seconds was mentioned as well. That was that's a good one enjoy that even though it's He's a remake a fucking good
1: actor like and if he wants to be in there like get him in there like i think that, that's the earlier advantage of being in like star trek it's like if you have it it creates such a fan base and it, people are we're so delighted to be in there like do you want stacy abrams to be in there do you mm. want freaking david cronenberg to turn up like everyone will do star trek
0: Everyone, by David, will be they happy. Are, don't, don't wear glasses in the thirty-second century. Yes, they do. Okay, they do. reason. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is
2: what I don't understand, right? They have all these stars who are itching to be in Star Trek. I don't know what mm. Paramount is doing. I th- I th- Michelle Yeoh is probably going to <laughs> win an Oscar this year. Yeah. you know, Michelle Yeoh has been wanting well. to do the Section Thirty-One series forever and a day. Well, Look, and she's
1: just she's too busy winning oscars okay well, that's mm, her problem mm, let's let's <laughs> see.
0: that's a good that's a good pivot actually because our next no, point was going to no, be, no. be congratulations to michelle yo our own empress george o, for winning a golden globe for the absolutely fantastic everything everywhere all at once if you haven't seen mm-hmm. everything everywhere all at once go and watch it it's really good like it's so cerebral it's awesome uh, and she is she's is great in it um, and includes the return of uh, i forget his name who played um Short round in oh. Indiana Jones and yes. in the Goonies. What was his name? Oh, uh, Kei Yes, thank you. Uh, yeah. Sorry, yes, yeah, sorry, yes. Um, yeah, so he, he, he's really good at it as well. But yeah, everything, everyone, all at once. And she's actually been nominated for best actress in the Oscars as well. So kind of fingers crossed that she gets it. However, do you guys think that actually she would like you win an Oscar, you win a Golden Globe, she's now on on the finally getting the recognition she deserves for all, all her years in, in acting. Do you think, uh, as much as she likes doing Star Trek, do you think they'll probably go, here's a Section 31 series that we've been trying to develop for the last 50 years. Are you sh- should we do it? You know, I don't, I still can't see it happening.
1: Here's the thing. Michelle Yeoh is having so much fun playing Giorgio. Every mm, time she's on screen, yeah. you can tell. It is so blatantly obvious that she's just, mm. not even chewing the series, she's just having so much fun with the role I would believe that it's one of those instances where if she has to take a pay cut, which I bet you she'd do it. She wants... Michelle no, is well, it's not up to is the kind person who her. genuinely cares about having the... F- Generally. about having the fun yeah i, I, I think, think a lot she's of about having
0: fun actor you know actors and agents and the only show you can probably speak to more of this than we can but you know once you've won an, <laughs> o- when you've, once you've won an oscar which i'm sure you've, <laughs> yes enjoyed. after my first oscar it became more of the process but um you know i think there's definitely going to be a cost escalation where paramount or you know whoever makes those kind of decisions kind of going like Okay, she's leading. But is is it worth it? Do we get that much of reception from Michelle Yeoh as a character to make it work? You know, obviously, I'll watch Clem it's Fandango all day. But
2: <laughs> yeah, it's their own fault. They had her five years ago. <laughs> yeah, on the hook for this show. She wanted to do this show, and they didn't. And it's not hard. I mean, you say it's not hard to do the spy genre is huge. Mm. Just go steal some stories from the spy slash heist genre. Just steal them and put them in the Star Trek universe. Go back and watch uh, Mission Impossible from the 50s and just do all of those. Mission Impossible, (laughs) Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, just all these. You can make it as as much intrigue as you want. Yeah,
0: Yeah. just steal them. Well, on the back back of that, apparently, as soon as, pretty much on literally the note that Michelle Yeoh was um, nominated for best actress. A news report came out from uh, Paramount saying, "Of course, Section 31 is still in development. We're still working on it." And there was a trademark filed recently that kind of renewed renewed the license on on the name, you know, Section 31. So, uh, yeah, a lot of spinning plates there. I think
1: honestly, like I, I would, I'm not usually the one to believe this excuse, but when it comes to like that Section 31 show the excuse look we're both really busy and we're just trying to find the time to actually do it like michelle yo just won an oscar (laughs) michelle yo just won an oscar and there are five star trek series running concurrently right like freaking we don't mean to jinx you we don't mean to jinx you michelle (laughs) yo if there's any justice she'll fucking win it okay she deserved one 20 years ago she deserves one now um guess what There are five concurrently running Star Trek series of various different types. There is a lot of money flying around to fund those Star Trek series. Michelle Yeoh is a busy fucking actress who is like certifiably insane who will throw herself on (laughs) dirt bikes onto (laughs) trains. Like it's just a case of making the schedules meet. But guess what? We'll be blessed if it happens, and I hope it does.
0: I mean, she's kissed. She's kissed Pierce Brosnan. Like you know, she's she was already set from that moment. That was that was. We should all be so lucky. Has any him, other?
1: To kiss yeah. yeah. <laughs> show
2: Has any other Star Trek actor won an Academy Award? Uh,
0: must have been Peter Weller. I find has it done hard to believe anything? they can. No. Really? That can't, that can't be true. That must, that must, be true. Be that must be a bit be Joan Collins? Yeah. Joan Collins won anything? Possibly. Joan Collins did not win an Academy Award. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not... <laughs> Dude, I'm <laughs> not, not crashing on an, friend, Academy. Not an Academy. She must have won an Academy Award. Much.
1: Okay. there's gotta be someone there's gotta be someone there's, there's, there's some oh you know what to... on. maybe not in acting but guess what there is a certain academy award-winning director who was involved with star trek
0: that's true mm. we're not talking about jj abrams are we fuck no <laughs> if he if he has any oscars he deserves mm. hand them back who, who won an oscar who was a director robert wise robert wise oh did he what did he win it for
1: uh, I can't remember what it was, oh, I guess right. what well, I was looking at trivia, but... Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> well, uh, let me look it up for you, I will, I will be your designated... Uh... Fantastic, yes. I've sound, I got very distracted because my cat just came and decided to sit on my lap right now. And, oh, oh yeah. he won two, actually. He won <laughs> Best Director and
1: Best Picture for West Side Story and The Sound of Music.
0: Oh, wow, okay. Mm. Congratulations Brother. to him. Uh, Plummer, oh, Christopher Plummer. <laughs> Congratulations to Robert what? Christopher Plummer? Does he want anything? Oh, oh I remember, yeah. I think could have done actually. you yeah. right. He must we, have. Yeah. yeah. We should use this Who's Google that? thing I've heard so much about. F. Murray Abraham. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: I think, I think he won for All the Money in the World or something along those yeah. lines. What about yeah. the sound
0: of music? He might have won for that, wouldn't he? Yeah, no, he got an Academy Award. Yeah. There did. we go. There we go. There was somebody else. Fantastic. Okay. I this do so have aside, there have been too many good actors in Star
1: Trek for them not to have won. Fantastic.
0: Okay, Prodigy Season 1 has now concluded. You've not finished it. You've not finished it. Oh no, we're going spoiler oh, I need to find no. time. That's There's so far. much. Absolutely. Oh, Louise Fletcher as well. Yes. Louise Fletcher also won an Academy Award, yeah. yes. Um, yes, no, find some time because absolutely excellent. Um, chat, give your thoughts. Well, with spoiler free as possible for stars, but give your, give your thoughts on Prodigy Season 1 in chat if you don't mind. Um, I, Without spoiling anything, I thought it was absolutely excellent, but there's a lot of talk coming about Season 2 and where that's going to progress. So, um, oh, Whoopi Goldberg as well. Yeah, Whoopi Goldberg, nice. Mm. Yes, Prodigy, oh. the
2: first half of the season is very much like a nice children's show it introduces yeah. characters it's teaching morality lessons and then it just goes full on to, into a cool badass star trek yeah arc yeah, yeah, story. yeah no,
1: like <laughs> just mm. fucking let's go this is yeah. the which is, i yeah. like it. It, it it arguably does what picard wanted to do in terms of being an actual proper star trek sequel to the tng era way better than picard ever did it's way more interesting talking about starfleet yeah. and what that means and the actual world than Picard is. Picard is way more interested in Picard. Oh, whatever it's currently interested in. <laughs> well, I don't even know if it's interested in Picard sometimes. Um, but Prodigy is just so well crafted. Mm. It, it really, like, this is the perfect gateway for kids to get into Star Trek and it's like, it has so much optimism and faith and just, it doesn't talk down. There's lots of cool visual design elements. It's not afraid of I feel like uh, the guys who, who wrote on it, uh, the guys who they did, they did what, Troll Hunters, I think was their big previous project? Yes. I feel like they heard people complaining, oh, well, it's going to be so hard to write a TNG series like you know, after Voyager because the technology has gone to such a point where it's like, it's just magic at this point. And then they said, <laughs> you yeah, fuck that. Give me two walk course stapled together that let fucking go. <laughs>
0: Call it a proto And then they yeah. just <laughs> fun with it. Yeah, yeah. Just fucking go and have
1: fun with it. Like, use that to expand your storytelling rather than being confined by what
0: that's the kind of story to be done, and it's been so much better for it. Without without spoiling, and again, I'll, I'll keep the spoiler free for those and yourself stars that haven't watched it. Like what I appreciate mm. about season one is the whole story is nicely wrapped up. Like it is a mm. like, it is a well thought out story. It. Doesn't pull its punches, like it doesn't sort of hold your hand. Let's, there are obviously the little kids' parts of like this is how a transporter works and oh this is what a starship yeah. does and this is how you go warp speed and blah blah blah. Yeah. And things like that, and this is what Starfleet represents and all these different cultures. And um it's but it it, it the hot there's a story that runs through with like Solem and the the Diviner and things like that and Gwyn's people that runs and it it, it's really resolute it's a nice loop with janeway as well and with dal's arc and lesser so with sort of zero and uh rock talk and and and, um Murph as well. They'll get their focus.
1: Yeah, they'll, they'll get, get their focus,
0: focus but they're, they're, it just feels like, oh wow, you've actually crafted a whole season, it's serialised, but they are episodic in the same way, like, you have your holodeck episode, you have your away team episode, you have your first contact episode, you have all those, like, stro- tropes. You have doesn't...
1: your goofy everyone is so... doing
0: the Starfleet thing as a as a yeah. production,
1: like, oh but god, it, that's my favourite episode so far, it, it's so it, good. It, yeah, that's a great one, actually,
0: but it never felt like they were, it was like, oh, they're doing this really simple for kids, like, they, it felt like they're doing a lighter version to uh, yeah. you know illustrate the points but in a new way and it was it was really good i i like it, it, as soon as i finished watching that last episode it escalated up to like oh wow this is like top tier star trek like i know it's a kid show but Easily. like this is really good like i can't help yeah. it in fact uh insists says some light child slave labor and kidnapping for
1: your general audience enjoyment guess <laughs> what one of the best kid shows out there is clone wars <laughs> and that has more war crimes per minute than any other show i can think of up to and including band of brothers so you yeah. know what don't pull your punches kids will be able to handle mm-hmm. it they accept it it's like it's adults that get kind of like uh put into a bit of a tizzy by that stuff more than kids i find yeah.
0: them, and saying. we get kate mulgrew back in yeah. a lot like, design- oh, go so no i'm go, mm. go
2: no, just going to talk about the design elements like all mm. the creature design on prodigies excellent the ship designs excellent god, the music so by Michael mm. god is is mm. spectacular um but yeah let's go right into how well kate mulgrew is used
0: like, when they yeah, announced no. that this she is was going to be in the series as Hologram Janeway, I thought, like, oh, she'll be doing, like, a couple of lines here and there. No, no, no. Main focus. And then we get Admiral Janeway as well. As, like, we get two... You get a lot of Kate Mulgrew out of this, and that just made me so happy. Like, that, that they were just determined to go, like, no, no, she is main cast. This is... This is essentially a sequel to Voyager at this point, especially with the Chakotay element as well. Because
1: Voyager needed a sequel because it was like there were so many loose ends left around. It's like, are you using your Kate Mulgrew responsibly? Are you using her (laughs) to her full extent? You should be. Voyager did not always do this, and that was to its detriment. You know, like and like, I I think she's a supreme voice talent as well. She's great in Dragon Age. Um, Mm. she's done a lot of voice acting work actually, and she's always nice. She has such a distinctive voice. I remember. Uh, i think i was watching bride of get at work one day just to do a battery test on a laptop and like someone who had never seen star trek voyager for even like you know like thing she heard voyager and she w- uh, was able to do that so slightly nasally but yeah. incredibly distinctive oh. mold groove voice within like five minutes it's like that's how distinctive a voice and the talent she is she's yeah. just that good
0: no, she's, she's stunning. Um, and she's a
1: great detective as well. <laughs> <That's
0: right. laughs> yeah, we'll get on to Kate Columbo. Kate time. loves a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Columbo always eternal. Um, but no, just to wrap it up, like, yeah, if anyone is, is listening to this and is still on the fence, like, going like, oh, I can't watch Prodigy. That's like, it's like, if you if you watch Lower Decks, you should watch Prodigy. I, I guarantee you will get something out of it. And where, where Stars, have you got, where have you actually got up to? Which episode was the last one you watched?
1: Uh, I just watched the one, uh, with Dolls' heritage, and, okay. um, no, no hard spoilers, all I will say is I'm really fucking sick and tired, like, you know that fucking meme of like, um, it's that Always Sunny meme, mm-hmm. and they're pointing at a picture, and they're like, I- I'm sick of seeing this guy, yeah, that, I I- but every soon, yeah. every <laughs> fucking one of them can go in a hole,
0: they have a problem, it's always them, they're always a problem. Yeah. Hey, it opens up to a Brent God Spiner cameo somewhere down the line. <laughs> that man
1: will do anything. He, he, he will, was in fucking he Independence Day 2, goddammit. Okay. Was he in 2? I'm pretty sure he was in 2. Was he in 2? I thought I he was in the first one. one. I watch the
0: second one. I heard it was all... I'm
1: pretty sure he's in... Guess what? I, I, I'm, surpri- I'm surprised. <laughs> you see, let me, let like, let me Google I'll that It comes up. <laughs> Are you really telling me? Yeah, he wasn't too. Yeah, apparently. Are you really telling me that the sequel to the incredibly well crafted
0: blockbuster
1: of uh, Independence Day was bad? What?
0: Well, <laughs> speaking of uh, immovable objects we can't seem to get away from, uh, do you remember how last time we did a Star Trek show, we announced that uh, Wesley was going to be the Terran Emperor in Star Trek Online? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I remember that. Now his mother is joining star trek online and beverly crusher is coming the mirror beverly crusher as voiced by gates mcfadden is going to be play. Nice. well not playable, but it's going to be one of the main focus the main focus of the story which somehow uh, involves terran emperor wesley crusher gaining control of Vija and laying waste to, uh, what the fuck is going on with that game? I need to pick that back up again because the storyline is just goes. I felt like yeah, you it was have to going report back. back. A, yeah, it, I felt like it was going on like a kind of sensible route where we do like missions and actually kind of like the storyline was getting a bit more political. But this just sounds balls to the wall, crazy. Um, but apparently she's there to try I and want... uh, assassinate him somehow. But there we are. Nice.
1: Yes. Uh, Perfect. That's the, per- that's the Those writers know what they're doing. um <laughs> now guess what i will not be satisfied until i have like wesley with Vija powers versus like i don't know i'm thinking naomi mirror naomi wildman <laughs> with like caretaker powers i don't know make it happen i want the super wow. saiyan what fight. would
0: be yeah what would be the equivalent of vija that isn't the q like would it be caretaker i think oh the doubt. the, the doubt or the, or the yeah that'd be a good yeah. one or mm. Trelane's race. Be. Really yeah, yeah. Exactly.
1: Organian. Seasonal. There's a million. Of them. It could I be the one. whale
0: probe. Oh, <laughs> oh apparently yeah. Give be... me
1: Naomi Wildman and she's riding the whale probe like fucking Doctor <laughs> Strange Love. <I> mean, perfect. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> oh my god.
1: Instead of instead of the sphere in that like column of light
2: that comes to the probe, it's just
0: Naomi Wildman like wow. in the energy like. Apparently, I'm being corrected by Cairo <laughs> uh, in chat. It's not a Vija. It's called the other, which is Mirror Vija, called Secure. Okay, Conqueror. I'm gonna have to play this. To AKA find Vija. It. Yeah, Avija. AKA Avija.
1: <laughs> which we'll that, that was in. a lot of words to say. It is actually Vija. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what you mean. I'm just, I'm just. I don't, I don't.
2: Yeah, we'll get. I don't play that game. that game, but this sounds amazing. Yeah, like, sounds
0: bonkers. I need to go back. And I love that their
2: writers again. are going going so far with it That's i amazing. think
0: as soon as picard was announced and they just went yeah everything's non-canon they just went oh we can do what we like then <laughs> and they kind of did fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> like who gives a fuck this universe is like trash anyway we're non-canon because that was the closest thing to canon apart from the books was star trek online and then they just went no nah. i think you probably enjoy the uh the sto canon more than you
1: enjoy the books
0: oh yeah god the books well yeah. i want to start a, I, I i've said this before i do want to start yeah to I as know. Try, I, I we will we'll do it i'm, I keep I'm on trying
1: on. to find it
2: it's fine i would we'll love that because I, I need to read more in my life so i just i want just the Vedra storyline so in the mirror universe Vedra goes it's damaged it gets rescued by these sentient robots gets repaired by by them and then Vedra just destroys them and absorbs all their <laughs> The probably, yeah. Is that the basic yeah. like storyline?
1: Ah, <laughs> oh,
2: that's so good. It is, well, it is so, so it's good like,
1: If it's um AKA CQER, so I'm guessing that's the same as Vija is Voyager Conqueror. I'm guessing.
0: Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Conqueror. Because the Mirror
1: Universe probe, of course, would be. But hang on, didn't
0: the Mirror Universe diversion start with when Cochrane shot the Vulcan? So the Voyager would have been no,
1: no. Because remember, in Enterprise, Flock says that he can track the um. The divergence uh, way part way earlier than that oh wow um i think he mentions that shakespeare is the same uh but other <laughs> than that there's quite a few businesses going way oh, back okay because wow. if you remember um that even in the enterprise intro they also show you stuff like the um sailing ship implying that it goes back at least as far oh, as the wow. age of conquest okay. and discovery gosh
0: okay so. Much to look
1: at. i wonder if
2: it's another probe like if it's cassini <laughs> Yeah, I'm guessing the it's the Miri, I,
1: I would guess from that it's the mirror universe version of Voyager, which would not be called yeah. Voyager because that's a pussy name for pussies. Let's call it the Conqueror. <laughs> Conqueror. Exactly. I, I'm sure it had it's like not... a gun like taped onto it. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's right. you can't do it. it was. <laughs> you think It was a gold. Of... It was a gold gun.
0: No, yeah. yeah. With, like yeah. different
2: things etched onto it. I, I'm
0: thinking like gun. Voyager with the vinyl out of just like here's like you know the basic things for maths and everything. No, it's just it's just Metallica and just some death metal on there, just like we got yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Mirror Carl Sagan,
0: could you imagine that? Yeah, thank you, Renarian. <laughs> yeah, he just pulls out an M
1: sixteen, just lays waste to a load of Vulcans. <laughs> Mirror Carl
2: Sagan. <laughs> I want Carl Sagan with goatee, just talking about how
0: yeah. we're made of shit. How y'all. we can find any life? And kill it. <laughs> right. Everything. He's a Perfect. real nihilist. Everything's pointless. Don't bother looking into the stars. That's right. at... There no are billions cares.
2: and billions of worlds for us to conquer. Yes.
0: <laughs> You're made of shit, and you'll always be shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Admiral Vance. <laughs> All right. Okay. So. Another news, a recurring Eagle Moss news. For those of us that, that collect our little model uh, Enterprises and Starships, the Eagle Moss went bankrupt a few months back, and there's been some news that for those that picked up the Enterprise D uh, weekly model building thing where you get a magazine every week, and it's a little a little piece of the Enterprise D, and you end up buying a uh, a life-size Enterprise D for something like £2,000. Uh, apparently, Fan Home has now picked up the subscription model for that, so that will be... obvious know. Yes, Hello. Did you say a life-size enterprise? No, he, he meant scale model. Scale model. <laughs> I thought that too. Hey, listen for two thousand pounds a life-size model enterprise. D. Yeah, I'm in. That's Come a here fucking that. deal. That's I've lived there. I will need several cranes and a team of workmen to assemble it, but <laughs> 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 and may disrupt several towns in my area. But hello, um, it's but fine. Yes, you 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 will be able to to complete your subscription if you are a subscriber of that and it suddenly got cut off and you only had half a source. A section and one they sell then yes apparently fan home are the company that are taking that back up so there's some news there hopefully they'll find a company that can make the models again for a lot cheaper than what they were at because paying well i think it was like 50 pounds for an xl size model and i believe if you're after the enterprise f which i have here da, 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 i believe you're going to go on ebay and pay some extortionate prices for those because mm. they've suddenly hit the very rare market i think if you weren't buying the models after eagle boss went honda you're you're a bit out of luck now i think even on amazon yeah i don't know if you
1: can see it but i um oh, i was yeah, recently co- given a uss discovery um, oh wow that's one of the few that i didn't have yeah, yeah. It, um my friend marie got it for me for for christmas yeah. and i was like thank you i literally cannot find these you anymore, yeah so. i
0: wish i wish i bought it when i saw it. On, i think i saw it on, It was on sale for like 40 they were, pounds, at, they were yeah. out of stock for the longest time like yeah. all the hero ships were out of stock for the longest time well now hopefully people can get them this this goes back to the recurring problem that Star Trek need to be better with their merchandising like there are so many things that they they ship out to like fan sets to Eagle Moss to other companies that you know Star Wars don't do that Star Wars have a very good like merchandising thing like a lot of series do and like me and you stars we wandered into Forbidden Planet together when we had our little trip down (laughs) to London we were just like where's the Star Trek stuff there's like a small shelf with like all this third party kind of Half baked stuff and a book of art that we got do, for do three pounds. <laughs>
1: yeah, do you want some wallets? Do you want a few uh, action figures? Like, why can I, I? I remember when I was younger, I was able to walk in, and I could get a, a big decent model of the Excelsior, for example. It's like yeah. that, even that they don't do anymore. That's
0: crazy. Yeah. Ridiculous. Well, I
1: had that through Diamond Selects. Did do you? I think it was reality? Diamond yeah, Select. Yeah. yeah, Diamond Select toys. I, I wanted that toy so badly, but my dad wouldn't buy it for me.
0: Oh. I used to have a few models. Like, have- yeah. <laughs> oh God.
2: No, I was just commenting, like uh, as an aside. Uh, it's interesting you guys have a Forbidden Planet because we have a Forbidden Planet store here yeah. in New York really? City too. It's yeah. a comic book store and also thing, like, yeah. collectible store.
0: I think that I think oh, then, it might be the
1: same thing then. Yeah,
0: yeah, they've got you know. I mean yeah they're quite universal but it but yeah the, the the star trek selection is terrible like if you want any if you want any star wars harry potter or dragon ball z then they've got that on the or any kind of like anime stuff like they've got it under troves but like trying to find like the, i remember seeing like the coolest thing they had on that shelf was a recreation of the Spot kirk dying scene from uh the wrath of khan in funko pop form and i
1: was just like <laughs> this is cool yeah
0: but it's Funko Pops and I don't like those. They're horrible. Yeah, they? but look, so, so you see the really cold, elaborate. dead,
1: lifeless eyes really sells
0: rock Spock, But slow, it was the whole recreation of, of the engineering yeah. shell and everything. Yeah. And I was just like, This looks really cool, but I just wish it wasn't Funko Pop because I would have maybe bought that <laughs>
2: Well Hallmark Hallmark made an ornament of that scene too. Oh, did they really of them like at the glass.
0: I well, believe on the so. Yeah, Hallmark...
1: glass, on, you know, on the third day Spock did rise again.
0: <laughs> it's, it's like poetry it rhymes um but yes exactly. ongoing complaints <laughs> no, star trek has never had a stupid thing like that i'm glad um about that. I yeah. there's a wesley crusher line of like uh what was it it's just like oh where it comes to women i have no problem that's that's his anakin skywalker line uh that's intentionally funny, though. I think everyone was dunking on Wesley in that episode. To be fair, he did make it with Ashley Judd, so we can't comp- we can't really compare. On I, that know, I know, I what, know. What's Thalia your track record? Well, yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: Wesley's <laughs> doing fine. i <Yeah.
1: laughs> um, guess what? Will Wheaton's grown up to be a very handsome man who's like appearing on Critical Role, so he's doing right for himself. Wesley's doing, doing very okay. fine
0: for himself. I was watching the uh if you didn't see it, it was the Trek Talks. Uh, charity stream that they ran. Uh, a load of big name actors came on and, and did a whole charity stream. And there was a him and uh, John Billingsley went to the original location where TNG was first shot. The very first shot in the rainforest, oh, not wow. the rainforest in the forest, where the Hollow Deck mm. rainforest scene was filmed. And they went there. They went to the exact same spot and the exact same uh, scene and john billingsley was like should we go sit on this bench and uh john billingsley said like ah i think it's time we had a martini and will wheaton's like yeah i think we should have a martini and john billingsley just looks at him and goes well did you bring one <laughs> <laughs> and then it just cuts <laughs> and i was like yeah brilliant <laughs>
2: but yeah uh, that, that yeah. was really good um, wait that's an actual like wooded area
0: yes yeah that's a park in somewhere in america that's oddly like...
1: enough they did not oh. create a holiday yeah, that was not a soundstage scene. it looks like a. well i thought it was a soundstage was it? yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it was actually a river you can go and visit I... if you want to even in america i don't think that you would struggle that much to find rainforest to film in
2: look you know george lucas Your... green screen sand <laughs> I'm shooting in Los Angeles, for God's sakes! All right. The guy it could have just driven a half hour. No, he could have yeah. driven a half hour he, and like what? stuck Natalie Portman on a on a piece of sand and shot it. But no,
0: at the risk of uh, at the risk of sort of devolving into Star Wars again, it wasn't the first Star Wars shot in Morocco. So you know they do some sad stuff. Possibly. I don't oh know yeah, what yeah. About. yeah. Anyway, anyway, so we've had a little bit of news about Lower Decks season. 3. Four, which is I imagine we'll be getting a trailer for that soon-ish because we're going to have the crossover with Strange New Worlds where we're going to see Tony Newsome and um, Jack Quaid coming on uh as real life action uh, real life people say action figures then real life people onto strange new worlds which i'm very excited i mean
1: people for. have been turned into puppets on lower decks i wouldn't be exactly. surprised to turned into an
0: action figure at some point as directed by jonathan frakes as well which makes it even more exciting yeah. he's been out there talking a bit about it as well and how, how excited he is for that but there has been some teasers from mike mahan about uh lower decks season four uh there's going right, to be a lot it, of i need it uh, there's gonna be a lot of tillin the uh very expectant nice. uh, vulcan from the uh what was it Hech, or, Teshw, or whatever it was episode the klingons vulcans and who's the other race in that the, oh, the and the borg yeah. that's right yeah um <laughs> episode of lower decks which is but Talin, who at the end of season three if you haven't seen it has now joined the seritos crew um very excited that we're going to get a lot more of her um because i think she ended up very quickly becoming a fan favorite
1: well, people appreciate the mavericks of the race, don't they? They appreciate mm, the, mm. the exemplifier of, of a race that goes again. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, dude. Like, I think that might be one of the funniest scenes in all of Lower Decks. Like, Talyn just giving this perfectly level-headed analysis that's, like, maybe a tiny bit snippy. It's like, gee, is out of control. It's like, yeah. that is peak Star Trek humor. I'm sorry. That's even funnier mm. than anything in Voyage Home. That's fucking hilarious.
0: <laughs> fucking great. Um... Yeah, lots, lots, more to learn. Uh Apparently, it's going to be an episode on Orion, so we're going to see cool more uh, tendy oh, stuff. World building, family, Tendi yeah, family, uh, yeah, Tendi family drama stuff. Yeah, it could be fun because there's a lot of uh, not not <laughs> Tendi kind of goes from like oddball goof to just like I'm amazing at being a pirate kung fu expert. It's like, um, okay, <laughs> so a little bit expansion. So on that when,
2: begin. when this strange new worlds episode is a homage
1: to the Enterprise. Oh, fidelity. that's gonna be a gonna be a, that's gonna be, be a few jokes. About it. you know, it's oh. going. You're
0: gonna be okay with that. Do you reckon that's what they're gonna do? i have kind of in my head. I, I feel like it's gonna be uh, I'm, I'm Mariner and Boyer going back sure to the past. I think it's gonna be time travel
1: as opposed to. Holiday. Oh, I think it's gonna be time. I, I think they've confirmed it's time travel. Isn't is it? it? Have they? Oh, is it? I Probably think they have. Yeah. Um, I think it, cause well, because they're doing
2: an homage to each of the TOS movies each season, right? Like last season was "Search for Spock" in the post. Like the poster. Oh, yeah. The poster yeah. yeah. Well, the the Strange
0: New Worlds lower decks crossover is in the Strange New World season, not lower De- lower decks. So that's going to be part of. Mm. That's going to be an episode of that, as opposed to the yeah. other, which is, yeah, interesting. Um, mm. There's also going to be a <laughs> especially road... God, <laughs> <laughs> when when Meritor is like, oh, you're Pike. Oh. Yeah, but the best thing is is Pike will turn back and go, oh, because he knows as well. (laughs) 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 She's like... (laughs) <laughs> like, you go you ugly. <laughs> you go down ugly. I can't wait to see that because those guys are so. Like, I I can imagine. I've because you, you know everyone's seen Jack Quaid, Quaid in the Boys. If you don't know, he plays. Mm. Um, he, I forget the name of the character in the Boys, but um, he's really good on that. Huey, and I can just, Huey, that's right. Yeah, he's the boy. He's, he, the boy. he's the boy. He's the boy. And he can, you know, he can play that kind of same Boimler manic kind of.
1: I need to see the live action Boimler
0: scream. I you need see the the hair. to hear it be the hair I need to it? see the purple hair yeah, yeah. I need to see <laughs> be perfect need to see bold Boimler where's my bold Boimler at <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know what I need I need Mariner to Um, you were talking about the Enterprise um, homage even if, if it is time travel I need her to be the chef I need her to like knock out the strange new world chef and pretend to be the chef that's all I want oh. I need that that's the one where it's like okay that's just sounds like Riker at. was the chef she's just there in the white, white thing and the, precisely the <laughs> precisely that's exactly what I need
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's also going to be a romantic episode, which we can infer from whatever we can from that. And also mm-hmm. separately a wedding. So there's gonna be a wedding. And uh a lot of people speculate there's gonna be Ta'ana and Shax which would be quite fine. I could see that. Yeah, yeah I could see that. See, I, mean, a wedding. I mean they've already um... had quite a tumultuous relationship in the last three seasons, as it were i trying to um,
1: think about who... Are the, I hope that romantic episode that we get some resolution on Jennifer and uh, Mariner's resolu- yeah, relationship. Because that cause was, they, was left kind of in limbo at the end of season three. It was a bit, wasn't it?
0: There'll be a kind of... Uh, have you guys been watching Harley Quinn, the um anime no, series? No, I've seen clips, yeah. but very it's good. excellent. I've just finished the first season. I really like it. But there's also, you know, I'm well aware of the Harley Quinn, um, Poison Ivy romantic stuff there. But yeah, the kind of Mariner... Um, Gen kind of relationship stuff. There, there could be an avenue for that. So it's it's very good. You
1: see it. I'd yeah. be down for
0: that. Uh, apparently, there's going to be some more peanut hamper, but not a whole episode. Oh, yeah. What did you guys think about the peanut hamper episode of season three? Because I don't think we've ever discussed it.
2: I like I liked the peanut hamper. I know people mm. were out on it. A lot of people it, they lo- it lost them but To me, it was just it was just I I appreciated that they're they're like okay we're this cartoon. We, we, we can go completely tongue-in-cheek, let's just do a deep dive on this character that was floating away in space. It was essentially like, what if Arium landed on a planet somewhere?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Give me more um, Hannah Cheeseman, then yeah, fine. Well, it
2: was <laughs> yeah. also like, they they didn't like... She she didn't have a redemption arc, right? Normally it's like oh, is this pastoral story where I, I go to the the country and I learn from from their ways and they, they teach me to be a better person. No, it was just I'm just an awful person. <laughs> I'm gonna continue being awful.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I loved that episode. I thought it was really 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 funny. I thought and it's like everyone was like oh, it serves no greater purpose to the the, the wider plot. It really, obviously, does. We are season four is absolutely going to have more AI uprising mm. bullshit going on, like yes. between agimus between Badgy uh, resurfacing in the Alamo's code, oh, right. yeah. um, and like Peanut Hamper. There is absolutely going to be the wider scale threat of season four. They are building up to it. Oh, and the Texan Anyone class who says as well, that, have... that was a
0: whole thing, wasn't it? The, um, exactly.
1: Yeah. Guess what? It's all caught. Star Trek is madly in love with the evil AI computer trope. I think it's arguably one of the progenitors of that trope. Mm.
0: Um, Well, sci-fi generally
2: yeah Yeah, sci-fi is obsessed
0: with the
1: singularity and like artificial intelligence coming to destroy us all so precisely it's like Lowdex is like very much i'm if you tell me that it's not gonna be a season four wider threat of more ai going nuts like fucking landry will probably join the evil (laughs) bad guy party at some point we already got one reference we already got one um we're totally gonna get more ai stuff and i'm down for it so that's what that relevance has and it's also fucking hilarious because the bird I, people were great.
0: I, I don't know. I peanut hamper is fine in small doses. I liked her in a debut episode because she was an ancillary character. I didn't like the whole episode of her. Well, I don't know. Mm. I just the whole focus of lower decks for me was is about the lower decks crew, and I feel like this kind of diversion was a bit weird and i it felt more rick and morty than star trek like a lot of people sort of ragged on lower decks at the start because they're like oh it's just gonna be star trek rick and morty and i think this has been widely disproven and lower decks is excellent but this kind of felt more on those kind of the rick and morty sideline adventures where just crazy shit happens for no reason and it's a bit uh it, it's a bit oddball and i don't know, I don't know. I find the whole <sighs> romance between peanut hamper and the the, the male birdman like that kind of just a bit like oh we know this is a trope we're playing on the trope and we're going to accentuate it and sort of nudge nudge wink wink our whole way through it but I was just watching this kind of going what the fuck am I watching like I'm not watching Lower Decks I'm watching a peanut hamper series and I don't know if I enjoy it
1: (laughs) (laughs) no man I I feel like that idea of oh we're going to wink wink nudge nudge at the trope and accentuate that's literally what Lower Decks does all the time they they do Uh, this was
0: in a kind of a, a different like in a more obscure way I, I I can't I can't put words on why I didn't I really know like I it, but... think Shy has
1: exactly the point it's it's meant to take the piss out of all of those uh, yeah. episodes pardon me of uh, Star Trek where they beam down to a planet someone you know data loses his memory and becomes you know the, the Frankenstein of the <laughs> you know, of the, yeah, of the settlement with the radioactive rocks or um Janeway gets bonked on the head and has to get t- taken care of by a crazy man who's like you know lost his wife. This is absolutely a Star Trek story type trope that's been happened a billion times. And then they said, they said, okay, cool. What happens if they don't learn their lesson and they absolutely <laughs> get nothing that, out that, of it? That
0: was funny. <laughs> she just goes, no, nope, yeah, fuck exactly. This. Yeah. No, I'm awful. <laughs> Guess what? Yeah. That's the joke. Yeah. That's the joke. It just took a while to get That's to that. Point. Yeah. I think yeah. Yeah, cause... but
1: it's like if as long as everything along the way was an interesting story payoff and it had a new alien race that we didn't hmm. know anything about, but its own unique culture and plenty of good like punchlines, like what I don't know. I don't see the issue yeah. personally. But anyway. and if anyone
2: in this in this chat should be okay with a slow, slow build up, <laughs> it should be you, idol.
0: Well, before we get to that before we get to that but anyway more peanut hammer coming in season four but apparently not like a whole episode mm. as we had before but anyway uh there are two new actors just been announced for uh strange new worlds a bit smaller side but uh coming alongside the legendary carol kane who we already know is coming as the new chief mm. engineer to replace um Hema. uh noah la <laughs>
2: I'm not booing Carol Kane I'm booing Hammer I was going to say we had a small uh, jingle yeah. uh, I love La- Carol
0: Kane Noah LaManna is coming on as Chief J, so another Chief maybe a Chief Kyle replacement perhaps and also Adelaide Kane an unannounced role so um, one of these is going to be regular Chief uh, Chief J. apparently is going to be a bit more regular and I believe Adelaide Kane is going to be um, a one of possibly one episode kind of thing so if you've heard those names before which I hadn't um, yeah, they are coming to Strange New Worlds new casting announcements, but I'm in, intrigued to see about a new chief. Like, I raises the point, like, the chief designation on Starfleet ships, obviously we've had Chief O'Brien um, and mm. Chief Kyle as well. It's it's non-enlisted ranks. I'm very happy to see them kind of going outside of the usual rank structure, you know, Ensign Lieutenant, you know, people there, and seeing some of the sort of, almost sort of, not quite lower decks, but enlisted officers that have some power. Um, chief Kyle, obviously, we know has some power because of the way that the uh, the little yeah, en- the, he's the tyrant. He is the absolute tyrant. He's a monster, apparently. <laughs> according <laughs> I, to I the... love that line. So mean, that's, yeah. That throwaway line <laughs> is so good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, what was it? Um, the ensigns that uh, don't the try and play Enterprise bingo. That's right. In the yeah, ensign oh. oh. Christina and, and, uh, and uh, the that's right. Know. Yes, yeah. Paul so Paul yeah, I'm Christina. interested to see another chief in this in this rank structure. Um, well, will he what? be chief
2: of be transport or is just chief
1: something, like chief citizen. he could be officer. like um chief. Could be that, that could be chief. literally anything. It could be a chief of operations, <laughs> it could be chief of like,
0: We're going back to that bad TOS planet with the uh uh where Kirk gets his uh memories erased and he has to uh, oh. join the indigenous tribes and uh yeah. <laughs>
1: Yes, you mean the prototype for the peanut hamper episode, yes.
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> That's right. Yeah, okay. Wrapping it rack around. It right. was progressive
1: yeah. 60 years ago. Not <laughs> Yeah.
0: Oh, Shanna. What are you going to do? Uh, final last bit of news. There was the autobiography of various captains that have come out in the years the latest one, which is written by Derek Tyler Attico, is the autobiography of Benjamin Sisko. And if the entire first chapter isn't just him as uh, Hawk, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> <coughs> no, you know what I want? Go
1: on. I want it to be a... Um... I choose your own adventure type thing, where you open up the chapter, you, you read the first chapter, and it's like you know, like uh, you know, about his early life, and then you get to the final page of the first chapter, and it says like, "For more on my time on DS Nine, go to chapter 15 and because then it'll be non-linear.
0: Ah, oh, I see. But, uh, I want uh, a non-linear yeah. autobiography. Right. That's what I want.
2: Well, so what yeah. it should have is a, a recipe at the beginning of every. every
0: oh yeah. <laughs> 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 no, no, this is Benjamin's. Why like, does doesn't he <laughs> Josephs go? Josephs would have the recipe. Ben- ben-
1: no, ben. Ben would do that. Ben loves that. Suppose, yeah. I want to know the secrets
0: of his paprikash. <laughs> too much paprika. That's what you put in the paprikash. Um, but that's yeah. coming out. Uh, in this the is such a thing. as too much paprika.
1: Months. I don't feel like there is. No, no there is a really isn't. Spice. I
0: adore paprika. I love chorizo and mm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You, too much. You can never have too much garlic. You can never have too much paprika. There is just no, no. limit on those things. Or lemon. Mm. Lemon. Well, lemon. You can. No, you can yeah. have too much lemon. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Unless you're eating a lemon. you're right, my God. Because you can't get any more lemon yeah. than eating a lemon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, Welcome to Trek
2: Treats, where we talk about food
0: and trekking. <laughs> yeah, that's the butter zone. That's this weekend. We'll get into that. You know what I want?
1: You know, I just realized I, that doesn't exist and I need it to exist. You know that bit in The Simpsons where um, that guy from Shelbyville eats the lemon yeah. and then his face just scrunches like mm-hmm. I need that. But it's um, Kai Win, and the label needs to be labeled um, like the, the the aspirations of the Bajoran race.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like that's what I need. I need that because that's what it feels like dealing with Win every time. <laughs>
0: yes, sorry. Rest in peace, Louis Fletcher. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Oscar award-winning. Guess Louis what? Fletcher. Iconic. Yes, iconic. Uh, so yes, the autobiography of Benjamin Sisko. Watch him uh, read about him. Like kicking ass in Utopia Planitia and his young life pretending, am I a prophet or am I not? You know, uh, Walt Koenig asks, "What if you're Jack Lemon eating a lemon?" That no, is too much lemon. I think it's time that we pay respects to possibly the genesis of things to come, the uh, the start of a great film franchise. As we talk about, we've talked about generations, we've talked about first contact, insurrection, mm. and uh nemesis on previous star trek no on the trek shows i'm getting my shows confused now now Mm. it's time to go wrap it all the background and go to you know the 1970s very famous star trek needs no title yet it has one the motion picture which Mm. brings back the star trek cast uh from the 60s into the 70s um where would you like to start with this because i can talk a lot about this movie
2: why don't you okay. talk a lot about it for like the next three minutes or so
1: three <laughs>
0: three minutes okay, <laughs> okay. he's got
1: to go He's got to go, yeah, go on, star, okay so, go. so i want to start by setting the scene right so 1979 is a really really important year for movies not because star trek the motion picture came out because it was relatively mm. it was a box effort success but it was not i would say massively influential on the sci-fi genre um I have if some anything, for that for <laughs> i would say that star trek the motion picture and its relative lack on influence and stuff that came after um has oh, a lot to I do, do with the that fact so much that you had within those few years 1970 sci-fi is a very specific animal right and you get a lot of challenges to that animal in the late, se- last half of the decade, because you start off and it's all UFO, and it's all you know Jerry Anderson and like Battlestar Galactica, and then you get a little bit further along. 1977 hits, you get Star Wars, which is a very you have to keep in mind. Star Wars is part of the um, the cultural landscape now, but it was not at the time. Even though the first thing you think of when you think of Star Wars is probably, like, the Death Star interiors or something very sleek and shiny, Star Wars is actually really, really uh, different in sci-fi when it came out because it was so dirty and, like, normal-looking. Like, Luke lives in a fucking sand hut with fucking, like, shit all over the floor and, like, grubby (laughs) electronics it kind of was like fucking the the Owen family like like farm, farmstead is kind of a fucking tip that's the reason why Luke wants to leave right wow um, Aunt
2: Brew is so offended right now I can't believe you yeah I'm sure her
1: skeleton will have a lot to say <laughs> to me about it um but that's the thing like Star Wars it was a gritty realistic to quote unquote way of doing the future it was not all people in leotards um strutting around sleek 1970s offices and, like, you know, space age... That's what is so good about Star Wars, especially the original one, is the high contrast between the way that people on Tatooine live versus the Death Star. That's what the good visual language, right? Um, One year later, you have Superman, which is a very different way of doing sci-fi, even though it's still comic books. It's still essentially about the visit of an alien man and that kind of effect on the, the landscape. And then... 1979, the same year, you have Moonraker, which is cashing in on the Star Wars uh, craze and is absolute garbage. And then you also have Alien. Hmm. And Alien has way more in common with Star Wars than it does with either Star Trek... Battlestar Galactica, UFO, or Moonraker, I would say. It is way more interested in the space trucker aesthetic. Like, arguably, it's what helped codify that. And if you look at 1980 sci-fi, at all the stuff that came after it, if you think Terminator, if you think um, Aliens, if you think of all of that stuff, you do not think Star Trek Motion Picture, you do not think Superman, you do not think Battlestar Galactica 1980. You don't think Moonraker. You think UFO. you think Alien and you think Star Wars. That they dominated the cultural landscape right. and they changed what sci-fi was like. And in that respect, motion picture hit literally as that vision of sci-fi of people in beige walking around, really brightly lit, like bridges and like you know big sci-fi special effects that were like kind of dominating the movie kind of fell a bit more out of favor because like you know like alien especially is way more interested in talking about the characters and the paranoia of it rather than being an effects thing the alien you barely even see for the majority of like the movie that's part of the the, uh, appeal of the horror movie um and it's like tmp is like almost one of the last of that kind of breed of sci-fi and it says a lot that motion picture came out And then Wrath of Khan was what followed. And Wrath of Khan is a lot more in common with, like, say, like Star Wars or, like, um, I say, Alien in terms of its aesthetic, in terms of being, like, darker, more character driven, uh, a bit more violent as well. And in terms of a blueprint for the Star Trek franchise, for better or for worse, because there are some downsides to this, Wrath of Khan is what won Hmm. in terms of what set the blueprint for the Star Trek franchise. So that's yeah. my setting of the scene in terms of what the no motion no, yeah, picture yeah, 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 has true, done true. to the Star Wars I like, have you know, a bit of history it's... for
0: it, definitely. No, yeah, you, yeah, know, you it's absolutely
1: hit. To consider the context. Yeah, you absolutely
2: hit correctly because Star Trek the motion picture has the same problem as another 1979 science fiction movie release, The Black Hole. Mm. Right? Mm. Here you have two movies which are sort of trapped between two eras of movie making. Mm. Right? The Black Hole feels very much like old forbidden planet uh mid early 20th century science fiction trying to move ahead you know i think it has ernest Borgnine hmm. in it for god's sake oh, wow <laughs> the black hole <laughs> um it's trying to move into a new era and the motion picture less so but it, uh, it does
1: have some of those those some old, of it, yeah. uh, influences um, well it even starts with a musical interlude which is really classic right
2: Which I, you know, I I love seeing before Lawrence of Arabia, hearing an overture before Star Trek, maybe not the best way to to, to excite your audience. Yeah, for real. Um, Although I do love overtures before movies. But there, there are good influences there too, right? Like, it's Star Wars, Alien, and 2001. Which predates yeah, yeah 2001 all this, is the big right. one. Yeah, two thousand one is like the big sci-fi movie of the mid twentieth century that influences everything that comes. Oh, yeah. even till to today, absolutely. And you see heavy,
1: heavy influence in the motion picture here, mm.
2: in good and bad ways.
1: Yeah, it's it's about the visual literal odyssey of the Enterprise through, and I don't feel like. So this is where I feel like the motion picture actually puts its first foot wrong in that. What is Star Trek, the original series, about? And there is a correct answer to what TOS is actually about and why TOS works.
0: William Shatner's hairpiece.
1: To a degree. <laughs> the yeah, actual you, reason you're not wrong. <laughs> why TOS works is the relationship between Kirk, Spock, and McCoy mm. and the exploration of the human experience through them. That is why TOS works. And that is why you can take 2001 arguably one of the you know the best sci-fi um you know masterpieces ever made, and use that as the blueprint for your Star Trek movie, and guess what? You've lost the point. Mm. That is not what Star Trek is ultimately about. A Star okay. Trek is about character over concept most of the time. Well, well, against the backdrop of a mystery. Of the like the mystery yeah. part, the
2: unexplored, the unknown—that part works. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: But,
2: yeah. Go on, come wait, on, wait, Idle. Oh, jump, no, no, jump no, in I'm here. i Especially... no, no, I'd like
0: you guys to get your, your all, all, all of it out before I go on because I have. No, no, uh, no, no, I, no, no, I, I'm not, no. I'm not. I'm actually no. not disagreeing with a lot of stuff you're saying here. Yeah. Like I. I... No, it's,
1: it's it's an interesting conversation to have because it's I like having an. This is a converse, This is a movie you can have an intellectual conversation about hmm. because it does want to try and have a conversation about what it means to be human. Eventually, eventually it gets to that point, but my problem with it is that like you're trying to take. What is essentially the plot? We episode of TOS that we've already done. We've already done like the probe, like trying to learn about about being humanity. It was a very different context, of course, but we did we did Nomad, right? Um, and you have two hours, twelve minutes at least, with three actual cut. Not sure what the director is uh, in at. And we just aren't talking about these things for as long as we could be. Um, we are giving these issues that are really interesting and are you know being played out in a, you know, that's, the, that's the, the great thing about Star Trek in a way is that it's like, here's a high concept, you know, idea. Here's AI, here's, you know, transcending humanity. Here's, you know, like the transcendence of the physical form. And you do it in 45 minutes. Cool, let's do a morality play, let's do it. And then you give like, you know, two hours and 12 minutes and the best you can come up with is a really good conversation between Kirk and Spock and the sickbay and then the rest of it just kind of—we're not—we're mo- not talking about stuff enough. We're not actually having conversations about things that I want to have conversations about. We're too busy spending time on Stephen Collins' actual monster and his ridiculous romantic relationship with Ailea that has no momentum. It has no real. Dr- I feel like, especially that plot thread. Hurts the movie because it turns what should be the intellectual exploration of I want to be part of something greater, I want to transcend my physical limit, I want to do Ghost in the Shell to a degree 20 years before that movie comes out, and then reduces it to yeah, but I want to be with my ex girlfriend though. <laughs> and I feel like You're that's not a wrong. disservice You're not wrong. <laughs> to what the con it's yeah. a disservice to the concept, honestly. Yeah. It's like I want to see. <clears throat> You know, it's like, to a degree, I want to see someone who is fascinated by the idea not because it looks like Ilya, but because of what it represents in terms of life forms and humanity, in terms of mechanical life. That is a throwaway line. And that's way more interesting than spending half an hour on Stephen Collins and Persis K- Kambata looking at each other while she's got a silly little bandana on her head. Come on, guys. Talk about the stuff that's interesting. Also, look, don't I'm, I'm wasting happy. Persis. She's a great actress. She's given nothing to do in this movie, really.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I, I'd actually be happy to stare at Persis Combat for, for two hours oh, yeah. on the screen. She, <laughs> yeah. I I don't know why she didn't have a bigger career. And I, I uh, uh, well, this brings me no, back to what I was going to say. Like this movie, yeah this this movie, you know, was sort of hurriedly converted from a series. Mm. Who, yeah, if people don't know, you know, they were making. Fate, Star Trek. Phase I mean, Phase 2, two was Versus
0: massively, it was very far in development when all of a sudden, yeah. like there was about five six footage, years yeah. in development when they suddenly just went, now nah, it's going to be a film, like they had directors lined up, they had story writers, they had scripts, like a lot of those scripts mm. ended up going on to TNG season one, like Phase 2 was a yeah. big thing. Sorry, Star- oh, yeah. sorry, The, Shani, the Decker,
2: I was going to say the decker Ilya relationship, they just completely just changed the names a little. And made it into to Riker Troy. Even the Troy then even done. looks like versus Kambata a, a little bit. Uh, a Little bit, and, and, yeah. And, um, and Riker actually looks a little bit like Decker too, but before the beard. Very. Yeah. Um, um, um. Yeah. But yeah. So they just uh, it it. That's a lot of what the movie feels like. It feels like a a little hurried in transition to making it from a TV show to a movie. To me, like what. The movie starts off it's it's you got this great alien you got the new klingons look great they're actually very right. similar to the discovery aliens a little bit in the, the opening Yeah they of do movie. actually yeah you know the ships are good the station's good and then it cuts to the the 70s Starfleet actors, and it just it just crashes. You're, you're, you're just...
1: What are these... I, I was thinking that when they show you the Epsilon 9 station and it's these two motherfuckers who look like they'd be not out of place in U- UFO, I was literally thinking of Jerry Anderson's UFO, which is a show that I love. It's just corny as fuck, but I, I do enjoy it. But that was the same energy they were bringing to it. It's just so... lifeless. And I'm not... And it's like... I feel like I actually have to put the blame on Robert Wise here because if you look at his filmography... It is a lot of good drama. And then he is I'm pretty sure he did like one or two sci-fi films before this. And the big one he'd done in 1973 was called the Andromeda strain, hmm, which has been lauded yeah. by scientific experts as one of the most realistic ways of showing how a, b- a bacteriological process of a virological, I think it's in that one, um, would progress. But they also Great derided book. it for being really, really dry it's the Michael Crichton thing, of course it's fucking dry. I love the writer, but you know. But here's the thing: I found out this really interesting bit of um trivia while I was looking up the Andromeda Strain to see what he had done previously in sci-fi, right? Now, in the Andromeda Strain, the cast of characters in the novel was modified for the film, included by replacing the male Dr. Peter Leavitt in the novel with the female Dr. Ruth Leavitt. Screenwriter Nelson Giddings suggested the change to Robert Wise who at first was not enthusiastic as he initially pictured the female Dr. Leavitt as a largely decorative character reminiscent of Raquel Welch's character in the 1966 film Fantastic Voyage. That was 1973, six years before TMP. And the moment I read largely decorative
0: character, I thought of um, fucking Ilea and
1: I was like, you know what? Yeah! Yeah!
0: Uh, well, you know, we all know Roddenberry. Like, I imagine those two got on quite well.
1: Oh, probably, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know what? I actually have to... like. I think there is a good script in here. There's a good concept. It's like I feel like there is a conversation we had that this film wants to bring up, but it just doesn't get there in time to make it really interesting. And I feel like it is mostly down to the director. So compare and contrast... Shia, you'll love this. Compare and contrast... <laughs> The way that Kirk is introduced in the motion picture versus the Wrath of Khan. In the Wrath of Khan, it's to simulate a room, I open her up, slide open, giant beam of light and shadow, heroic figure, gives the conversation (laughs) with Savick. Instantly established, right? How is he introduced in the motion picture? You see him through the little viewport of the shuttle. He steps out. He has that nothing conversation with, like, Sonak who is now the character who should have just been cut from the movie because he serves no purpose. Um, I think Sona was originally like, okay. the
0: phase two, not the actor, but the character was originally yeah. going to be the phase two. Spock was Nimoy, he said, I'm not doing it. Yeah. And it wasn't until late until... Cool. Yeah, well, yeah, it wasn't until late until yeah. the cool picture tri- was said. That's
1: cool trivia. Cut it out of the fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, Make, yeah the actor... no purpose.
2: <laughs> the actor on the on the station that dies is was the
0: original uh, Vulcan replacement for... Her for Nimoy yeah. on Phase 2. Yes, like, that was correct. Like, and he ended up in Next Generation Season 1 Symbiosis, I think it was, wasn't it? Him oh, and yeah. Joaquim's act- actor. Yeah, sorry. Trivia there. Yeah. no, know, it's, it's just like, uh, it's
1: cool trivia. Why why are we doing this? Mm. Like, the, the transporter accident is so memed and so ingrained in every Trek fan's consciousness, not because it's necessarily like the most well-acted <clears throat> thing in the world. Like, I feel like both... Um, William Shatner and like Gracie Whitney aren't giving their 100% there. Yeah, accident. Yeah, no, it was premeditated. Murder, yeah. I, I have, I have but, something to say about this later, by the way. Just yeah. go look. It is the most out of nowhere bits of cruelty in the entire franchise that serves <sighs> fucking no purpose. Hmm other than to make you look like absolute cunts when McCoy refuses to use that same transporter ten minutes later. (laughs) Fucking hell, I wouldn't use that! You're still hosing down the bits of the fucking science officer. You're telling me I should use that? Fuck you!
2: Right. Which which just shows that murderer Rand was actually trying to target McCoy. And she, just, she just, she just, she did it too early. She got the scheduling wrong. You oh, see, wow. Rand. She's grinning in the background when McCoy beams aboard. She she meant to aim for McCoy,
1: but she just. Oh wow. So. Oh man. So, yeah. Compare and contrast the way that Kirk is introduced. One of these is dynamic and tells you almost everything you need to know about the character in the in the space of a two minute scene. The other one is filler addressed to a character that will die in the very next scene he's in, and it serves no purpose. And I have an yes. instant replacement for you that would have been way better. Kirk's entrance should have been walking into a meeting room and actually having that conversation with Nagura hmm. where he like he says, I, this is going to last three minutes and by the time I'm done, I'm going to have the Enterprise. Show me that, Kirk. Hmm. That's the yep. character yep. introduction I want to you go right from the Klingon
2: space station sequence to Kirk sitting at a desk with yeah. the Admiral. You're absolutely right. Because yeah. the first time we see Kirk in this movie, he's kind of unsure. He's a little kind of yeah. nervous, yeah.
0: bumbling almost. Uh,
2: a little bit, I didn't right? He,
0: that. He's very he strides on very confidently off the ship, saying, "This is going to be my ship." No, it's it's it's
2: empty. It's empty. Like even when he gets onto the turbolift, once he gets onto the Enterprise, he doesn't know where he's going. No. Like he says to the ensign, "I think I get I think I can find my way. He gets on the ship and he kind of looks at the map on the wall for a second.
0: He, he has. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, this, this is the, the, a conversation I'll get onto, but the transition between Kirk's own sort of journey here between like, oh, this isn't the ship I knew, but I've got to be the commander. And The, the fights he has with Decker along the way, mm. like they both have their faults. I mean, less said about Stephen Collins, the better, but for the character's sake, um, you know, the journey of the two of them throughout that film is Kirk accepting that he's out of his element because this isn't the ship he wants commanded and Decker's acceptance that he can't be the commander in this situation because he doesn't have the experience. I think that's what it it relays down to and yet it could be better explained but I think they try and show it in a way through McCoy, especially when he comes on and says, Jim, you're pushing that, um, you know, there is a little bit of give and take there between the former commander and the new the pushy admiral that comes aboard. Well, on here's
2: here, here's the compare and contrast, like exactly very similar to what Star Wars just just say. Kirk essentially has the exact same journey in Wrath of Khan, mm. right? Mm. There's things he's unsure about, but there's things that he's good at, right? Mm. There's things that he's sure about. We don't see that in the motion picture. We don't sure. see the the competence the competence of Kirk right off the bat to contrast with how how long is he at the desk? Two years or five years? Two and a half. Uh, years. two years. Yeah. Two years. It's not even that long, but it's it's long enough that he feels a little bit of rust. He feels a little unsure of himself. But there's no contrast with the sureness that a Captain Admiral Kirk would have, which a meeting with Nagora, as you said, would have would have would have easily fixed. Like yeah. uh, the first scene we see in Wrath of Khan, he's very confident. He's sort of joking, laughing at the cadet's uh, failure in the Kobayashi. I will so counter that
0: with the scene where um, they're encountering Vija for the first time and they turn around and Decker's like, we should raise shields, we should do scans we should do this, and Kirk's like, we'll take no action we've seen the reports of all the other places, they did scans, they did shields, they got you know, they got wiped out, let's not do that, he has absolute command of that bridge and absolute control the situation—that's the point where he kind of gets over his nerves to but kind of say, "Like,
2: how far um, into the movie is that?" No, no,
0: I agree. But, yeah. I will agree that, yeah, it takes <laughs> no. there's a little bit of stride, but I will there, say there he is does a synthesis the of these points
1: there. here, yeah. which is that the competence of Kirk and Decker wildly oscillates depending on the scene that they're in, mm. and there is no real rhyme or reason to what they're right or wrong about, um with one or two exceptions, right? um Kirk is absolutely right on the money about the stuff on it. Let's not provoke Vigil. Let's not do shit to provoke it. And he's right and he's proven right. Okay, cool, fine. That is actually a case of he knows what he's doing. He's dealt with First contacts before. Decker is 100% right in the call on the, um, the phaser power order, you know, which is the most hilarious scene in the fucking movie. Um, but then there's other stuff like Decker like, hey, um, it's got control of the computer. Uh, Uh, and it's like that's the best solution you've got and like screaming at the captain hey you should raise shields hey 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 that was the kind of behavior that got um wharf a very stern dressing down from data of all people um what was your previous posting decker that you saw the first officer or you were the first officer loudly telling the captain what to do and not offering suggestions. Oh, it's my job to offer an alternative thing. Cool. Offer it. Don't fucking command me on my bridge.
0: Come on, this is nepotism. What he, is your he, background was, he was Captain here. Decker's son. Like, he got the kind of, oh, your dad died to the the, the planet killed. Like, oh, maybe we should give you the Enterprise. Fine.
1: <laughs> well, so I actually have to point out, right? That there I would have loved that aliens. scene, by the way. Oh.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, there, where's that scene? Where's the scene mm, yeah. about uh, fucking poor old Will Decker? Yeah. Uh, no, what's his name? Matt. Matt Decker, sorry, Matt yeah, Decker's Decker Decker. dad. Yeah, yeah. There is a lot of failure of world-building exposition Mm -hmm. and communication to the viewer here, not just that whole plot point, which is like that, I feel like that should be explained. You could even use that to fuel explaining why Decker is so reactionary to this, uh, and so like, three shields, because his dad died to a very similar sort of space phenomenon, but that's something we infer as fans because we understand that connection, right? Why is that not in the movie? And another thing that's not in the movie, my oath of celibacy is on record, Captain. What the fuck is that line? Mm. What is it about? Explain it to me. You're on Star Trek. There should be a two-minute scene where someone explains to me <laughs> what a Dalton is and why everyone's horny the instant she goes on the bridge.
2: What do you mean? You have, you you have got your ex- expression. That should
0: tell you <laughs> everything. I mean, it can't be like the Final Frontier where Sudo and Chekhov them. are just following around the Klingon, uh, Klingon gunner ladies <laughs> just going, <"Rrr,"> you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you could also just have a conversation between Uhura and Chekhov where they're like, so, uh, oh, tell me about the new Navigator, like who, who we're getting. And then they have a, a conversation. You could Guess what? Maybe give Uhura something to do in this fucking movie. How's about that for a concept? Um, have a conversation where she gets to be ultra cool, Nichelle Nichols explaining to somehow still a fucking doofy lieutenant uh, chekhov about why guess what the moment she pops up on the bridge don't let your like uniform tent too obviously um like it's a complete failure of exposition show don't tell but also remember to tell me if you're not going to show me tell me you know just like with star trek it's the fucking the originator of the planet of the hatch trope just tell me what they're about so I understand what the significance is. It's a complete failure there. Um, now, shy and I have been ragging on this movie for like 40 minutes at this point. <laughs> you're good props to Idol for just it's sitting fun. here and taking it. I have to say that everything the motion picture does wrong, it sets the standard for Trek visual language for the next 40 years. From how to handle ship flybys, like that flyby of the Katinga class cruiser in the opening where it's like the slow pan over the bridge module, fucking gorgeous. Um the Starfleet aesthetic, it's actually like this is a lot more in common with what we'd have in, in TNG than say like arguably TOS. TOS is a lot more like stark and utilitarian in some ways. This is a bit more comfortable, a bit more 70s, a bit more loungy, which is fine. That's kind of where TNG ended up going. Um the Klingon bridge that we see in this movie is the exact same bridge you will see in fucking Enterprise mm. when like, they're being chased by Duras as the Expanse. The design language that they establish here and the effects and the way that everything is communicated to the viewer through visual language stays the same, and that's because it's really, really, really good. And it's a good visual aesthetic, um, and it's underutilized. There should be more of that, and it's just a shame that, like, so I don't know if you noticed this uh, or read about this during your research on this, or maybe you already know. But idle, these effects were done in like six to nine months. Mm. The previous company completely fucked all their like effects, and Robert Wise was incredibly unhappy with them. Um, there were allegations that like they took like five million dollars and uh, fucking uh, oh, the production uh, money. From the, of, that they the, did. Most,
0: the production history of this film is immense. Like you look on Memory Alpha and you yeah, can scroll for days. Yeah. Like there is so much history on this; it's ridiculous. And
1: it's like the fact that it looks as good as it does, having done it in six to nine months, is mind-boggling. Star Wars, yeah. like the like the original, like New Hope. Like two to three years for all those minute shots. They did this in six to nine months in a cave with a box of scraps. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, some of it shows. Astounding. Some of it shows.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The green, the green screen of uh Kirk and Scotty in the shuttlecraft oh, yeah, yeah. going oh, to the oh, Enterprise. is... Some of the compositing is not the best. Yeah. Notably atrocious. It's like they turn yeah, into two-dimensional yeah. creatures, fly to the Enterprise, and then suddenly appear. Yeah, yeah. On deck, but, but uh, yeah, it's so it's incredible. beautiful. Mm No. Is it my turn now? Yeah, it's your turn now. We've been waiting for you to chime in here. You think you're going to talk and not have us like I'm... say anything about what no, you're no, saying, no, no, but that's no, not no. going to happen. I, I, you say know, words.
0: I'm not, I'm not exactly, I'm not going to disagree with a lot of stuff that you've said, Like hmm. especially the time and the setting of, the, of where this film came out. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Alien was there, Star Like It's directly said that Star Wars and the influence for why this film looks like it does. Robert Wise yeah. was in the, one of the first screenings for uh, Close Encounters of the First Kind, looked up and went, this is what we should be doing. Like he actually genuinely said, "We could have had this. We could have done this." Like, you know, coming mm. off the back of Phase Two into a film. This film has flaws. This film has production flaws and story flaws. Mm. I-, I absolutely get that. Like, I'm not disagree- as much as I'm a fervent Star Trek and the Motion Picture fanboy. I agree that it is not the best Star Trek film, but it is mm. to me because um, I adore what this film. Like, like I said before, it's about ambience. Like. I like mm. a film like that you can tell that everything just feels a certain vibe and that when you sit mm. down, you turn the lights off in in your the in, in theatre or in your living room, wherever you're watching it, and you put this on, you get the overture, you get those opening shots, you get that kind of feel and you get the ambience of the film that really, that kind of soaks into you and I really like this because... It, it, it speaks to me. You open up with like the the Klingons coming in and the iconic Klingon theme tune. You get a a being that is many AU's wide, and you immediately you're struck with the idea that this is a high concept thing, which the original series was lauded or at least attempted to get high concept science fiction into the into the TV viewers' arms. You know they employed Harlan Ellison for as much as Harlan Ellison didn't want to be there, at least submitted a script, and uh, eventually you know other. High concept uh, science fiction. But this is the first time I feel like Star Trek has done an unknowing race that, you know, it does the unknown. It is so unknown that we can't equate it to the human occasion. And, I, you know, I, I compare this to things like a lot of Arthur C. Clarke's work. Like, Rama. I love Rama as a book, you know, this unknowing probe, very similar to the whale probe as it were, you know, coming into the solar system, we know nothing about it, we go on about it and we're left absolutely clueless as to when it came, as to when it when left. I adore that. I love the idea there is something more than what we can understand or even show in a two and a half hour film. Um, and, you know, 2001 uh, Space Odyssey, as uh, uh, the same, you know, the, the inspirations here are very direct, you know, it is very akin to the same kind of, you know, um, psychedelic kind of imagery but also the book as well you know the idea that we are confronted with something that we, is almost a magic to us as would be to the cavemen um th- that's what I really love about this because Vija is such a an alien concept it is such a a, a radical you know as Spock is exploring it, he's saying they've taken all this spent all this energy uh to digitize forms to his explored known space and we can't understand how it produces this much power, yet it derives from something that we've created. Voyager went off into the stars, encountered something, got converted, and just wants to come home to find the creator. It goes from something very high concept to something very humanizing very quickly. And that's kind of what I really love about it. But not just the story, but the atmosphere on the the soundtrack. Like the soundtrack is amazing. I cannot fault oh, yeah, any yeah. part of the soundtrack for this. No, the, Jerry
1: Goldsmith did is probably his best work ever. Like uh, it's, I it's
0: amazing. Even the there's a specialist instrument they use for the dong. You know, the the the, the big sort of like I think they're bringing it back for C- Picard season three as well. But even that, you know, there the whole there's a whole design language on this film that again evokes a little bit from Phase Two. But, you know, okay, we laugh about the beige, and the beige is terrible. The the Monster marines are much better. Like, once they got into The Wrath of Khan, yeah, the, the, the starship design was much better. But we get, you know, there is a 70s design, but it kind of works in a way that it is uniform. Like, it matches the Enterprise. It matches that kind of 2001 A Space Odyssey look where everyone is... Like, it's the first time we've seen you open up to the Enterprise bridge... You open the doors everyone's working this isn't like the tos days where it's just like every you know people are just pushing buttons people are shouting each other on the bridge there are people having reports this is the most alive the enterprise has felt ever like you know you don't even get that on tng to this extent where people are busy working at consoles and actually working and shouting at each other relaying reports i love that kind of almost um so you're saying you love the enterprise scenes in final frontier I'm kind of. I don't mind those. I don't actually mind those parts. I like the humanizing elements. There's a lot wrong with the Final mm-hmm. Frontier. We'll get on to that at some point. Mm.
2: I but... love the part where he gets on the bridge and everyone's working and there's someone on a hover pad working <laughs> on the ceiling. And it's clearly just a guy with this hover pad attached to his shoes yeah. hanging from a <laughs> rig. <laughs> like He's just up there for this
0: shot. Mm. Anyway, I don't know what I remember. No, no, you're fine. It. You're fine. Um... But there is, the, the the things I love about it, you know, people talk about this being the slow motion picture. I'm not going to disagree with that, but I kind of love it. Mm. You know, especially if you watch the director's cut, which I'll, I'll emphasize being the pre- preferred way to watch it. But you get these slow motion shots of, um, you know, the Enterprise flying over V'ger, of, of Spock entering Vija and having all this very... High concept stuff you've never you never see in Star Trek again. You never see the stuff that you just don't understand or you can't understand on a physio- physiological level. Why does it have these glowing orbs there? Why is the inside of it this vast amount of space and digitized imagery? Why is why have it, why has it recreated uh, Ilea? because it wants to talk to these strange carbon units? Like this is it is very high concept and i i i I love that for all its flaws like like you say stars i'm not disagreeing on anything you say like yeah there Mm. are flaws in this movie stephen collins being the big one fuck that guy um the the biggest blemish i wish just wasn't there um but Mm. yeah you're right about you know kirk's entrance you know it could be more emphasized but we do love you know i love how mccoy comes back and it's just mccoy he breaks the ice between spock coming back being so isolated and Kirk coming back being so nervous he literally bridges that gap and he goes "Spock, god help me i'm glad to see you and you get a little bit of comedic moment like you would in tos you almost expect to hear, hear the <laughs> music on over the top of it oh yeah um,
1: I, I do appreciate that spock is like you know just come off like nearly finishing his colonar discipline and he doesn't give shit to Kirk. Like, Chekhov just nothing off him. No yeah. one can say shit to him. But the instant McCoy says a single <laughs> word to him, yeah, yeah. he's like, it's the exact same it line that TOS got. <laughs> Instantly. He can't stop it. He can't help himself yeah. for being that same shitty asshole spark, and I love yeah.
0: it. But I, I, you know, I also now- love how i I'm finish it uh, i love how yeah, for it. no no sorry i love how menacing VJ is like how it's presented mm. to this cloud and then onto this being and then you of it, it, all the scales suddenly come down you get to this vast cloud to this energy being to this vast spaceship to this probe it all ends up breaking down you explore every step of the journey through to something simple as it's just a misunderstood probe and i you know i love how that it, it reconnects and the visuals and most of what I love is a cinematic experience my favourite things are I'm watching a film and my wife doesn't Mm -hmm. understand this like I love turning off all the lights like watching something like Dune like watching something that I'm going to watch and not get distracted by my phone because there's a part that's too boring which you might find ironic believe me I don't (laughs) um and you know or something you know any kind of big cinematic film like 2001 a space Odyssey, you're just watching and you're soaking in the ambience and you're you're getting the feel for the movie is what i get from the motion picture i get a from the soundtrack to the visuals to the um to the concept of things and yes there are flaws yes there are there are flaws with everything the god knows we've got like you said we'll never get the lows of code of honor we'll never get the highs of um chain of command but will get those bits in between that do something different that the motion picture does. Mm. And that's why I love it. And I I, kind of love that it is different. It is its own little bastard child of Star Trek that's born out of very bad things that have some uh, mistakes in them, but have some good concepts underneath and present them in a way that I enjoy. Mm. Yeah, there we go. That's my five minutes of Star Trek. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) um and you know what i want to say something deeply complimentary about this movie which is that the reason why i think it has so much value and why it is a really important piece of star trek not just because of the visual language but because of what it establishes about the characters going forward and that helped make both roth khan because like a lot of the the the, the ship footage went into roth khan and helped make that movie look even better so yes what well, you could mm. put it in that way but i think the single best scene in the movie and maybe some of the best acting that Leonard Nimoy and um, William Shatner ever did was when they're in the sick bay after the um, the spacewalk, hmm. and it's um, Spock saying, "Vija has knowledge that spans this universe, and yet with all its pure logic, Vija is barren, cold, no mystery, no beauty. I should have known." And then Kirk is like right up in his face here. He's doing that nicely homoerotic Kirk thing he does. Um, is known, know what, Spock, what should you have known? And then Spock takes his hand, which in Vulcan culture, that's a kiss, right? <laughs> like, remember Second in Journey to Babel when Amanda yeah. and like Sarah touching fingers, and that's a nice little fact. He just took that man's hand, Spock. We all see you. Jim, this simple feeling is beyond V's comprehension. And there is that. There are times when I read something and I'm like, or I hear a line, I'm like, that is perfectly written. There is no other order of those words that more aptly sum up what this, you know, seeing what this character, what this movie is about. And Leonard Nimoy grasping William Shatner's hand with that little smile on his face, like this simple feeling is beyond this machine's comprehension is genuinely beautiful and heartwarming and it makes me love Star Trek. Stuff like that. Mm. Moments of genuine <clears throat> human connection and understanding are beautiful. And that ultimately is kind of the message of TMP and that is why I do have time for it. Hmm. Um,
2: but yeah, in what you were saying, that when McCoy appears, mm. he's he's McCoy, DeForest Carrey, <laughs> yeah, And he's, that's the that's the problem with this movie is that mm. he's the sole bit of humor and light yeah. in this film. No one is and having fun. Yeah. Yeah. The only other thing previous to that was sort of uh, or, yeah. And when, when, when Nimoy and DeForest Kelly are working off of each other and Shatner's watching them, it's it's just magic and that's why they really ramp that up in mm. Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, like your countryman George Bernard Shaw said, if you're going to tell people the truth, you better make them laugh or they're going to kill you. This is not <laughs> a lot of laughs, laughs in the motion picture. Yeah. Not a lot of levity, yeah. not a lot of light. No. It's a lot of, mood. a lot of mood. Yeah,
1: it's a lot of mood. Well, do we want to talk about how um, you know, experienced space veteran Kirk decides, you know what? Epsilon 9 is about to come in range of this Vija thing that's killed everything in its path. Let's show it to the entire crew. Hmm.
0: Well, no, that was they now all you. think
1: they got. No, that was, was live.
0: Recording. Was that live?
1: That, that was, was recorded. Live. That was live. No. Yeah, because they like. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Oh, be- uh, says, Oh, that's oh, right. Oh, yeah, kill incoming, view, kill yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right, Guess yeah. what? Take that shit in the fucking briefing room. Do <laughs> not show that to the entire crew. If you have any, like those people <laughs> left yeah. that briefing room, and then McCoy got. 50 instances of people trying to kill themselves with sleeping pills.
0: Hey, this is a, Not right, a great right, idea. Because no, this, this comes down to Gene Roddenberry's ideal hu- well, version yeah. of humanity. Humanity doesn't suffer from those things. They're a professional crew. You know, any examples of mental um, problems have been wiped out. We've solved all that shit. We are a utopia now. As flawed mm. as that idea is. But oh, I think yeah. that's, yeah. But yeah, that could just um, be like they showed it and didn't give a fuck.
1: <laughs> yeah. I also have two other more points I want to bring up. So, another instance in which I think the director actually fails this movie... I mean, You can probably tell me if the director's cut <laughs> is any better in this respect. But the Vija versus the Klingon ships in the opening is really well shot, except for the fact that there is absolutely no sense of immediacy or speed going on there. No, it's a the lot same. of... It's a lot of... Um, Showing a ship, looking at a screen, showing a, a react is just—they do that a lot in this movie. And all the drama and tension and fear is being provided by Goldsmith, not by Wise, and that is a yeah. problem. You're,
0: yeah, I suppose you're right on that account. Like the soundtrack does do a lot to pull pull the weight of what's going on there, as opposed to the visuals visuals. But I, I think like, yeah. I think. It, that benefits from a... I know that's not the point in a film, but I think it benefits from a second watching when you understand what Vija is and what it is doing that it actually gets a little bit more yeah. tense from that. But yeah, no, I appreciate the sentiment yeah. at the time. And this this goes
2: to your <laughs> point, uh, Stars, about the lack of world building. Yeah, We've never seen these Klingons before. Yeah. we Like, we don't, we don't, we like, we don't even, we aside from the ships... Looking like they did on TOS, you'd have no idea that these were Klingons. And yeah. this is a great Klingon redesign. This alien redesign yeah. is the so good. It's, it's second It's second only to the ship redesign, which yeah. deserves its own little. Like, oh, yeah. You know, good. Uh, fun, uh, the flyby. Like that ship is that. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. well, the flyby Let's only works. Because of the ship redesign. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I think Rise was like, this ship's so pretty. I just have to yeah. slow down the orchestrations. First of all, the music, I know we were mm-hmm. lauding <laughs> the music before, but the orchestration of that flyby in Space Ox is way too slow. It's just way too yeah. slow. It's I feel like, like the conductor you're, you're
0: was going too fast. Slow it down. Yeah. I yeah. think there's there's a compromise because I feel like, you know, modern Trek has, has definitely kind of not lingered on a lot of um, Starship, well, at least until later seasons, anyway, like early... Yeah, you early don't even new- have time to jerk one off, do you either? I either? It's cr- incredible, you know, I, c- I can't <laughs> even cover the underside of my desk on this. Um, but-, <laughs> but, um... Like you know, like there, there is the compromise. Like I feel like new Trek needs to spend more time, maybe looking at the ships because I, uh, self-confessed, I'm a ship porn kind of guy. I, I love looking at designs and things like that. And you know, the Enterprise A or the Enterprise refit scene where they're spinning around is is pure indulgence. And I, I wish we got more of that. But like you, like you say, stars, like it is a ship you want to look around a lot. You got to think, like you know, we hadn't seen the Enterprise since 1969. Like you know, from the third mm. season, they've kind of gone like we've completely. Um, re, re, redone it. Let, let's look around it and like look how good this looks and it kind of kind of comes to your earlier point stars about you know the soundtrack pulling its weight if this was a very mm. dry look around a ship it would feel like a powerpoint presentation a load of engineers saying yeah look at the whole structure here on the nacelle number three you know you know, you know a few people were laser pointers to be pointing at things in a technical presentation but because you've got the soundtrack it feels a lot more grandiose with you know kirk and scotty look at each other very sort of like you know tears in their eyes go they're so beautiful as lower decks did spoof but um I kind of love it because the Enterprise refit is one of my favorite designs. So that, there it is. Yeah. <clears throat> but there's like yeah. a good
2: like half minute of shots of the lighting fixtures yeah. in Space Dog. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, those, unta- <laughs> those hexagonal lighting fixtures are great, mm. but it's too long. You know, in contrast, like in season three of Discovery, they also have sort of a ship porn flying through sequence when they first mm. arrive at yeah. Starfleet headquarters, where they're looking at all the ships. But there, you're actually getting the crew commenting on the ships versus two-dimensional Kirk and
0: Scotty. I need need a complete flyby around the Voyager J so I can see how how detached those nacelles are. Come on! Right. (laughs) Right. So, I have to
1: ask you guys a question, and I hope that you can give me an answer because this is actually really important. Now, is this the actual first instance of? The Enterprise is the only ship in range. <laughs> despite... Oh no,
0: it can't be. I think TOS has definitely got to establish that precedent somewhere.
1: Well, yeah, I'm sure that this the only ship in range thing has been done before, but with the modifier, you're in fucking sector zero zero yeah. one. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that is a trope. I mean, that's been done before. Like, <laughs> Fuck off. I, I mean, sorry, that has been done since. Like, there's definitely been the Enterprise. D oh, has Generations is easily won the worst. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah you gotta think like around earth space dock the enterprise the only ship in range like where is everyone like on the klingon border what's going on yeah, yeah like, look this is like no no this is there's historical precedent like... there's historical
2: precedent this is what happened to rome this is how rome fell. rome spread out too wide yeah so true, when the visigoths came over there they they couldn't defend themselves
0: so, you know, the Federation. I mean, has, we are uh, talking about, like, you know, this is the still the early period of Star Trek exploration. Like, if Enterprise is, you know, Star Trek, yeah, uh, Starfleet's getting his feelers, sending the odd ship out. TOS era is like, we've got the ships on the frontier. We're really pushing the boundary. And then the next generation is the era where, yeah, we've established our supply lines. We've got ships everywhere, even though apparently the Enterprise is still the only ship in the region. But I think I could, I could, yeah, it's a bit of a stretch to say, like, we don't have at least. Uh, a Proto-Excelsior class sitting in a space dock somewhere. But it happens with, yeah, Generations is the example, like the Enterprise-B, the ship that's just flown out of space dock is somehow the only ship in the area that can, you know... Yeah, them. well,
1: *Final Frontier does the <coughs> exact same thing, where it's like, yeah. oh, you're the only ship in range. Like, fuck off. Shut the fuck up. Guess what? You know what that actually is? That is weak storytelling. Now, that yeah. is literally like, we need a reason... Uh, for shit to go wrong on the ship.
0: I'll give you another. Oh, example. I'll give you another example. It is. It is established It is a lack of establishment to what else is out there. What else does Starfleet have? Because we know at this point in in Star Trek history, we have no idea what the complement of Starfleet is. We don't know if it's three hundred mm. ships out there or just six. You know, we don't know. Yeah. Like, we don't have the knowledge that we do now, that they're everywhere. You know, obviously, yeah, it makes no sense yeah. now. But at the time, in 1979, it probably makes more sense because they might make a ship know, and then send it, oh, it to we had, we had six, light years out there.
1: Yeah, but the ultimate computer established that there were at least, like, 14 ships just in, like entire in range galaxy? of the Enterprise.
0: The whole galaxy in the whole of the sec, Like, they've gone. They're right yeah, out of the way. Like, they could send them out. But to be fair, glass, why though. would they leave Earth undefended? Like, that is dumb. Yeah, no, you're right.
1: <laughs> it's the stupidest thing in the world. Um... Yeah and it's like it's it's literally a screen uh, is a script writing problem where it's like I need to come up with a reason for shit to go wrong on the ship and it does um, but I also need a reason why it has to be specifically this ship and this crew that is going up against the 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 threat so it's like oh well you know it's the only ship in range it's just got out of space dock cuz it's all big and spangly. Mm. and it has to be Kirk because um, because Cook said so, and it's just weak. Um,
0: but you know what? <clears throat> this is this just... the whole film. The whole film is like the the trope I love about it is like this isn't really done until Discovery season four. But the, there isn't a th- villain. There is no real villain here. Like not like Wrath of Gunsh and Spock Decorative or anything. villain. Well, like, yeah, yeah, okay. Fair enough. But we, we, I mean we'll of, learn that later. Of, 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 of the actual film, there isn't really a villain. There is no antagonist that has like a, a, a yeah. call for vengeance or just happens to be like malicious in the way. It's purely a misunderstanding through time and yeah. through through like um technology. Like all it requires is a non conventional solution to, to work it out or you know just people talking to each other which is like the moral of the film is if we just learn to understand each other through uh common cause like maybe it can yeah. work when you don't kind of are you get saying that that's, a good... well, you that's a good What kind of that's a good thing or a bad thing no i think it's a good thing because i don't you know having a villain it can work if they're a good villain like khan yeah. or like chang or you know um like or madrid Queen. yeah yeah or, or someone else you know some villains or, you know, to an extent an outside Star Trek universe like Thanos, so, you know, villains that are well defined and well structured work. But you also get the bad villains like Ruafu or um many of the others <laughs> that are in Star Trek. Yeah, so many other ones. So, oh, <laughs> is is not a great villain. He's just a Klingon that just has, like, ha, Genesis is mine. Um, but you actually don't have a villain here. There is no antagonist aside from what your perceive you what you perceive as an antagonist in the early uh, instance of the movie and i really like that i like films that can turn that kind of storytelling on its head a little bit no
1: i see i see what you mean and i think it it kind of ties back to when i was talking about how motion picture and wrath of khan are two very different blueprints for star trek and wrath of khan one and you can absolutely see that because Wrath of Khan keeps on getting called back to you every time. Mm. Like, Nemesis was meant to be like Wrath of Khan. Uh, Stranger Worlds did like that Gorn episode that was just like Wrath of Khan. And it's just, like you get your repeat. It, the DNA is everywhere. It's like it's, it, that's not a problem. Guess what? Wrath of Khan like has a lot of really is really well structured. The emphasis is on like you know on tightness, on leanness, about on like strong character interaction, on you know dynamic villains with like a lot of personality. Um... Mm. But, there is a universe in which, you know, Wrath Khan came out first, and it flopped, and then the uh, motion picture came out afterwards, and people responded really well to it, Come and instead of universe. Star Trek, well, instead <laughs> of Star Trek constantly chasing uh, every, every Star Trek movie having a villain, which all, all of them do, and a lot of them are bad, um, there is a Star Trek out there that follows this film's blueprint, and is at least trying to be more about the unknown and about understanding and about actual, like, scientific exploration to a degree, because none of the other movies really are. Um, the closest mm-hmm. thing we get is Final Frontier, and look how that turned out. Um, and I don't know. I don't think I'd like to live in that world because that would... You know, I really enjoy of Khan and what it did for the franchise mm-hmm. in terms of focusing it on the characters and on morality plays and on the implications of these high concept ideas on a real world. But there is a part of me that's like, there is a different blueprint. And especially now that we're up to, what, Star Trek 14, I would like someone to try and do the motion picture again. Um, but at least in terms of the format, in terms of, again, not having a villain, I feel like we we have progressed past the need for Star Trek to necessarily have to have villains. I feel like that's... It's an easy way for it to be written, but it's way more interesting to just have a mystery and explore it and go through it. Sounds like um, you need to watch I
0: Discovery want Season Four.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, well, I mean, what, yeah, appreciate our... about that.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah,
0: no, that's exactly so, right. that's what the, I like. Yeah, spoiler yeah, alert!
2: It, yeah, Discovery <laughs> yeah. Season Four is exactly like you mm. you're talking about. Yeah, some, exactly. It's like, some that's
1: good because like after like sixty years, you you need to explore different ways to do your franchise and let it breathe. And it's like the amount of bad villains we've gotten, mm. like the amount of ones where you're like you know, even if some of them are Shinzon. good, there's so many misses. You know, yeah, on like, is it? Well, like, the that's, exact same problem. This
2: concept has been picked up by other genre mm. films, like Arrival, like Contact. Yeah. Precisely, you know, yeah. Uh, it, it's, really, it's it's really the Close Encounters format, right? Which is why Wise why, yeah. why probably saw Close Encounters kind of the Dirt Guy was like, we should have done yeah. this! Yeah. Because it's the no villain movie where it's just about the villain is about, ignorance yeah the villain is ignorance or, or it's yeah not knowing yeah um yeah a does this very well and you, you have people darmok also actually to...
1: now i think about it darmok is Which also one? that's why darmok is so uh darmok oh yeah 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 exactly. the villain is not the captain and the villain is not the monster the villain is misunderstanding yeah absolutely and that's like that's yeah. why people respond so well to like Arrival. Is such a good execution of that same idea that it's way more hmm. about the characters and that high concept. And it's like I feel like Star Trek could really benefit from taking a few more cues from that. And as, as much as I like Star Trek Beyond, it is very much in the same format as the other Kelvin movies. And of you know, the wrath of Khan. Thong, we need to have a villain. It's like I I would like you know, you say Discovery season four it, it does that a bit more. Keep on going with it. I would I like. Not having a villain because that means that you have to work way harder for your conflict resolution, and you have to work way harder at being intelligent about your storytelling, and that's yeah. just a better thing overall for the for the show and for the series and for the franchise.
2: Yeah, while Idol has stepped stepped away, let's also talk about how the contrast. It's it's weird that we can't really talk about the motion picture without contrasting it with what followed in the wrap on. Yeah, like Wise. Well, they're so diametrically opposite, mm-hmm. really. Yeah, well, because Wise does not pull really in-depth performances from these actors. These actors are no. good in when they're good in the motion picture because they're good actors like Nimoy, yeah. is a good actor. The Forest yeah. Kelly is a good actor. Shatner, you know, is a good actor, but he's <laughs> one note in this movie yeah. because he doesn't have a Nicholas Meyer pushing him through yeah. exhaustion to like bury his performance enough. He's yeah. just doing his Shat thing. Yeah. Um, and so the, yeah. that's why there's much like the uniforms. There's a certain like sameness, beige ness yeah. beigeness <laughs> to all the performances in this movie. You know, it's inter- as another Discovery aside. It's interesting that at the end of season three, of Discovery they made the exact same mistake as the motion picture and yeah. <laughs> had the new uniforms. They match were lucky the set. to be able to. Co-
1: they yeah. were able to course correct
0: that one way quicker than they were here. Right yeah. away,
2: right away! Don't ever make your costumes match your set, kids. Yeah. It's a bad idea. Yeah, I will bad say the Enterprise language.
0: bridge is possibly the worst in the motion picture. Like that, the, the the movie's Enterprise bridge is probably terrible because it is just so dull. There's not a lot going mm. on there. I think by wrath yeah. of khan they do at least fix it and put a little bit of color on there but it's yeah the, the movie's bridges. it's just lighting
2: is nice. mostly lighting changes for wrath of khan isn't it like the possible it yeah, is, yeah.
1: It's, it's basically the same bridge just redressed a little bit because they they realized mm. hey mm. you need to vary the things up i also feel like the like it, i really do keep on ragging on the director i'm sure he's a very talented director i just don't think that this was playing to his strengths because if you look at his filmography it does not. This is not the kind of thing he usually made, mm. and I can see why he'd look at Close Encounter because that feels more akin to what he was like, kind of more used to. Yeah. Whereas this requires a Nicholas Meyer. It requires um, he, hell. Even fucking like, Nimoy can handle like stuff on this in the, on a better way. And he's you know look he you. had very yeah. relatively limited like directorial experience, and he did a great job. It's a case of play to your strengths, and I don't feel like this was playing to Robert Wise's strengths as a director.
2: Well, if Wise had put a dance number, well, like when the entire crew is gathered <laughs> together in the in the dock, they, they should have had a dance number right there, I like West like, Side Story.
0: Feature, feature, it's coming to get No. You.
1: <laughs> no. Just me. Look, okay. all I'm saying is that v just should have spawned a ton of little like insectoid drones, and they should have just started aggressively finger snapping okay. at the uh, the Enterprise crew. That's, right. That's what should have
2: happened. Shouted mambo old? at each other instead of dancing.
0: With sabotage somehow r- r- ruled in there. Sabotage. That- sabotage. Wait, I just got that. Is that why they use sabotage in the Kelvinverse films? Because of his terrible. Wait minute, no, that I don't think that's reason. No, you, give, you are giving jj Abrams entirely too much credit. That, that, yeah, <laughs> that that's a deep cut. If so, that would be so good. No, he just likes Beastie Boys. I'm pretty sure. Fair enough. uh yeah. well, you guys weren't too harsh on it. I thought you were going to be well meaner than that, but I, I feel i no. Feel because real... like, guess what, Idol? You genuinely love it, and I can see
1: why you love it. And it's okay. just a case of like, it is not bereft of merit. Like, guess what? I will take the motion picture over Nemesis any day because mm-hmm. the motion picture just kind of leaves me feeling like, oh, this could be better. And then there's the occasional scene like the bit in sickbay Bay where I'm like, this genuinely moves me. Whereas Nemesis, I just feel gross and icky the entire way through, and I'm like, fucking get me out of here! I can't stop watching mm-hmm. yeah. this sooner enough. Like it's like our discussion of here.
2: yeah, it's it's our, like our discussion of Picard season two earlier. Hmm. There are great elements all throughout this movie. They just don't come together. To form something greater than its the sum of its parts. Sadly, absolutely, yeah. For me, for me, you you love it. That's great. Hey, I'm. I'm, I'm I loved Picard season two. Like you say,
0: there's someone out there that loves um, Rise of Skywalker. There is (laughs) there is someone out there that adores that film in the same way that I like the motion picture. I don't believe that. Maybe one day we'll get together and make beautiful music. Today is not that day. <laughs> Alright, you know what? I have to ask a question,
1: okay? God. Can I ask a question? So, we're going to be doing our TOS movies right. Yeah. Is there even a point in talking about Wrath of Khan, or is it going to be just like three hours of me and Shy and you just I, I viciously have some, masturbating? I, know, I, have some, I
0: have some negatives <laughs> to say about the Wrath of Khan. Sorry, Shy, I really? do have some negatives to say about the Wrath of Khan, but we will get onto that next time. I mean, like, I, I do adore the Wrath of Khan. I do think it's a really good film, probably in you know, I believe we will be waxing poetic on that for quite some time. Um, but no, I think there's some valid criticism on it, but we'll we'll get there. All right, I'm interested bit. to hear that. Yeah, okay, yeah, I yeah. think sure we'll do that, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll save I'll it
1: like, for Should that we out. skip it? Is, what is there to say about the Arthur No, no, say, let's. I'm always. Yeah
2: i'm always happy to tune in to listen to idol being wrong <laughs> about the things
0: so, by all means let's 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 dive in oh that's why people subscribe <laughs> 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 my terrible uh, my terrible opinions anyway um thank you guys for joining us this week uh thank you shy and stars for, for for being here for this star trek show as always uh, always been a pleasure we'll be back uh, probably some same time next month I uh, next uh, February is a weird one because I'm actually going on holiday for a week um, Ooh, I'm, going, yeah, I'm going to be away I'm how dare to, you how dare I now it's not <laughs> going to be here but we do have a uh, quite a lot of shows going on this Saturday we're going to have the butter zone so we're going to be getting together chilling talking rubbish so whoever's whoever's on for that please come and join us and we'll, we'll, we'll chill and chat about actual food and rubbish talk and probably talk and about butter. Star Trek again you know us we can't can't help it uh then on wednesday we'll be revisiting hidden evil and i will be working hard to restore my save file which i uh, have didn't you actually mentioned i haven't done it i haven't done were. it yet it'll take me like five yeah, seconds you to gotta, do it. It, come on. gotta do it i'm not gonna say that but yeah insurrection 2 baku boogaloo which actually we're really mm. enjoying i'm really enjoying that that was really yeah good right we fluffed it yeah <laughs> uh february 10th we are going to be streaming on strange new pods channel for joining them on captain picard week uh, where we'll be talking about Picard and Wesley Crusher. If you haven't checked out Strange New Pod, I run, I've invited lots of other Star Trek podcasts to join them and uh, do a whole week's worth of shows on uh, Captain Picard and Jean-Luc Picard in lieu of uh, Picard Season 3 airing. So go check out their channel and see the lineup of stuff they've got. I believe I posted something in our announcement channel on the Discord. So go and have a look. You can see lots of other shows there, but we're actually participating and I believe Big is actually, Big McLarge-Huge, one of our hosts is going to be going on one of their quizzes at some point which i'll get a date of when that's happening so look out for that he'll be him being the quiz master extraordinaire is very looking forward nice. to that uh and then on uh the wednesday after that we've got timelines talks 87 where we'll come back with all the uh i oh, know that's not that's the week after the week after because i'm not there so on the 22nd we'll be back uh to talk timelines talks and all all that rubbish because <laughs> we're still playing that game somehow um, but uh, yeah I'll have some other streams here and there so keep an eye out but um, yeah we'll, uh, we'll we'll be back at some point soon um, gentlemen been an absolute pleasure to have you as always any final thoughts maybe not on the motion picture hey this should be a real outro is this not our outro this is not are you ready for the
2: outro look look at this look at this lens flare i'm getting look at this abram's lens flare. (laughs) nice just do that another 277 i'm not blind yet (laughs) (laughs) yes
0: i can i can almost see the dialogue right anyway thank you very much guys ta-ra
1: it'll be one more case to tell her about won't it chief
0: inspector